Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. It's time to add some spice to your nooner. Nooner. <laughs> Funny. This is the place where big-time guests, bold opinions, and little cute doggies come together. This for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. And... What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, especially when it involves a lot of naked women and crab legs. You're listening to Rothman and Ice, live from Radio Row at the Super Bowl. Sponsored by the Low T Center. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Yeah, both equally exciting out here, for sure. Rothman and Ice, live on Radio Row. Sean Alexander, the legendary running back, coming up. In about 12 minutes here on the row, uh, Boston College is still looking for a coach. That's incredible because I said yesterday when we were asked the question, you know, whether he's gone or not, my pause was if he's the guy and he's the fit and he's the right fit, then why aren't they hiring him? Is it money? Is it term? Is it they want to look at other people? And right now, if it's down to two candidates and Bill O'Brien is one of them, then certainly... Um, you think it's time to strike. And so what are we hearing now, Matty? Here's the thing where we got Pete Thamel saying that it's not just a couple guys. The latest tweet from Pete Thamel is another round of in-person interviews <laughs> is expected in the next 48 hours. AR with multiple candidates set to meet yeah. with school officials. So this is completely up in the air now with Bill O'Brien. It felt like before we left the hop on the bird to come to Vegas that there was a report coming out of the Boston area that Bill O'Brien seemed to be their guy. So for whatever reason, there's been some speed bumps here along the way in the hiring process, at least for Bill O'Brien, but he's definitely in the mix. So if you're an Ohio State fan that is a big Bill O'Brien fan, uh, supporter of him and want him to be calling the plays for the Buckeyes next season, it seems like that door is still open. And Ryan Day may not have to go back out there on the trail and find somewhere else because there was an interesting rumor out there too yesterday when it came to the offensive coordinator position if he has to shift away from Bill O'Brien. I don't know how official this is or was, but I saw some Chip Kelly stuff out there, AR. You know Chip Kelly's been flirting around with the NFL, which is very interesting to maybe be a coordinator back in the league, but we know Coach Day and Chip Kelly have had a history together on a staff players and all of that stuff where day was under chip kelly so that could be a very very good get as well if they can pony up the money and all those things so just something to monitor is the chip kelly cycle throughout this offseason and whether or not he's either going to jump to the league but if we find out bill o'brien takes this job or 
at yeah. at Boston College, then that may be a nice safety net to have for Coach Day because Chip Kelly's been a nice offensive minor on college football for a while. Yeah, it's a great point by you, and I, I do feel like, first of all, to answer your question, if they want to find the money, it seems like they can. Yeah. Uh, that, that doesn't seem like it's a problem. And you're right. When you get your start under that guy at New Hampshire, yep. and you presumably have that relationship, so if he was his OC when he was the starting quarterback, right. that's a hopefully a relationship that has stood the test of time. So he's talked about how much he loves him, how much he learned from him, and, uh, boy, that would be phenomenal. But right now, no one's pushing him out the door, just whether or not he can get this job. And it just it's weird. The longer this goes, you know, if you're Ryan Day, you know, you go to Bill and say, hey, I'm all for you getting this job, but, I gotta, you know, where, we're, gotta fill we're, get, we're, getting a fe- <laughs> we're getting a feeling on this, or are we, where are we at with this? Right. And, uh, and here's the thing. Bill O'Brien, nor Ryan Day, I don't believe, has come out and said, hey, we, we've heard the stories, we're going to answer this. Bill is not leaving, he's ROs. Like, no one's done that to him yet, and he hasn't done it for himself no. yet. So it's, it's clearly still alive. Here is, while he's still here, let's talk, because I think their Ohio State fans were a little bit, it wasn't overwhelming when they hired Bill O'Brien. It was interesting. It was a name and a brand. But it wasn't something that I got the real feeling that Ohio State fans were like so super hot on. Because the last thing we saw was an offense that had Mac Jones and Bailey Zappi and some bad weapons in New England, and the production just wasn't there. And I can understand that. For me, I, I like to look at what he did even outside of that. He did some really good things in Houston at the NFL level. Everybody knows what he did at Alabama the year Bryce Young won the Heisman Trophy. So for me, I'm willing to give him that as a bad one-off because we've talked over the last couple of seasons about how bad bad the offensive talent is in New England and just everything is funky around Bill Belichick when it comes to how he runs the show. So for me, I think it w- it is a very, very good hire because of what this man has done outside of New England. The other story that was floating around today, as uh, we sit a few feet from uh, one of my idols, Joe Montana, um, is that Mike Vrabel's still looking for a little thing to fill out his season if he's not a head coach in the NFL. So Pete Thamel reported about an hour ago, Wisconsin coach Luke Fickle, the former Buckeye, told ESPN he hopes his best friend and former teammate Mike Vrabel could be around Wisconsin this year in an informal role. He'll invite him up to observe part of spring practice and go from there. This may be similar to what Coach Day did last year with Joe Philbin, right? Mm -hmm. You brought him in as an offensive analyst. You cut him a little check. He can break down the film behind the scenes, give him your ideas, and go from there. We know Vrabel is an absolute stud coach, and he has a great mind for defense. So I think that would be a huge get for Fick if he can reel Vrabes in because I'm still surprised that Vrabel isn't a head coach in the NFL right now. So I think this might be to translate it a little bit is, hey, my buddy's out of work right now. Why don't you hang out with us this spring? Uh, give me some ideas. I'll get you some uh, a little yep. bit on the payroll here. And guess what? If you stay, great. If you get another job, go. Congratulations. Be successful in the NFL. Yep. That's what it feels like is why not? They're really good buddies, former teammates. They have a long history together, roomies at Ohio State and all that. And so I, I absolutely feel like this is a – Hey, I'd like to get you on my sidelines, at least for the spring. Like, I think this is just to kind of stay around the game a little bit, assess some stuff, be an analyst for me, and they could reunite for, what, a couple of months? and then see what happens. With or without Vrabes uh, up there in Wisconsin, I can't wait to see what that product looks like. I thought they were going to be a lot better this season with Tanner Mordecai coming in, big-time transfer, uh, front coming out of the portal, season quarterback. Maybe he doesn't have all his guys that he wants right now, but based off of what he did down at Cincinnati talking Luke, I think he's going to have that program rocking and rolling sooner rather than later. 
Uh, Radio Row is cooking this morning out here in Vegas. Um, it's going to be a fun ride for us. And the guy that we're going to have on next after the break is certainly one of the uh, great players in NFL history. And he was in, you know, listen, the heyday of the running back obviously was the 70s into the 80s. Uh, this guy took that all the way into the 2000s when he was an MVP at that position. He was an offensive player of the year, and he was the rushing leader, and you know him by the name of Sean Alexander, part of that uh, 35th anniversary team for the Seahawks. We'll get his feeling on CMC, and kind of a very uh, underdog type of guy in Isaiah Pacheco, who's just burst on the scene here in the NFL in a great offense. We'll talk to him next. We are live on Radio Row. It is Rothman and Ice, sponsored by Low T Center. Low T Center reinventing men's health care right here on The Fan. Your home for the Buckeyes, Blue Jackets, and crew. And our sincere apologies for common men singing Creed songs. The Fan, Ohio sports destined. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call. Click Granger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. The perfect ratio of sports talk, dogs, pro wrestling, and gambling advice. It's science. You're listening to Rothman and Ice. All right, indeed you are back on Radio Row in Vegas. And, you know, it's bittersweet because the guest we have now once, I believe, scored five touchdowns against my Minnesota Vikings. And not only did he score five against my Vikes, I think he did it in one half. Oh, man. So this, this one cuts deep, but it's, it's very cool to have a, a legend, a former MVP of the league, a Seahawks Ring of Honor guy, and Sean Alexander. Welcome. <laughs> <laughs> man, thank you very much. You know, the worst thing that you ever want to go against is a guy that's hungry and want to make a statement and you not know it. You know, most people don't know that in high school, me, Randy Moss, Charles Woodson, you know, this is no cell phones. We'd be going to the same games, and Lou Holtz, who was a head coach in Notre Dame, says, you three guys come here, we'll win the national championship three years in a row. I said, why not four? Y'all ain't going to be here for four years. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, so over the time, we found out um, who each other really was. Yeah. And here it is. Randy Moss is, like, making this great name for himself. And, you know, I'm just now replacing Ricky Waters as the starter. And I'm like, oh, I'm, this is my show. You know what I mean? And I was going hot. I came in hot. No Dude. one knew it. <laughs> I know, man. And uh, I'll tell you, it was it's outstanding to have you aboard here as a former MVP. And um, so I wanted to ask you, because of Bama and everything, and, and about choosing places. And I'm wondering, because you, you committed to – Gene's. Who did you commit? Gene Stallings. Gene Stallings. Yep, and then he now. left. Yeah. I'm wondering if I, Sean, if I put you back in that era, would you be thinking about Portal and wait a minute, I got a new coach coming in, Debose. Like you might have been a guy that said, if he doesn't like me, I'd have the chance to leave. But back then, it was you had to take kind yeah. of the I, next I coach. Yeah. I don't. The mindset was different. I I feel like just like today, guys are way more emotional. <laughs> They guys, guys wanted a little bit comfortable, and and you know, and I, I get to pour into a lot of guys through different programs, leadership development stuff, and so I get to know them, and I'm like, oh wait a minute, y'all have way too much of a voice. Shut up and go play football. In the sense of, don't let your emotions make so many decisions for you all. Like there's some things where like if we just bear down, we're going to go be great. I'm going to find the school that's going to help me develop to go get in the NFL, and then we're going to go make it happen. But 
Now you have NIL, which, you know, every time something splash happens, old teammates come out and be like, do you realize how much money you would have made? You know, I was oh, like, yeah. oh, yeah, it's different. So I just don't know. So I don't want to blame or, or, or give a judgment too hard because, you know, I don't know. I lived up in two in two uh, two bedroom apartment with me and my brother and my three best friends. Like, you know, would somebody say, "Hey, here's here's you know two million dollars if you come play here?" I'd be like, <laughs> "Boys, the interview's over. I gotta go play." You know, so yeah, yeah. so I you know I don't know what would happen, but I know that nil has changed stuff. I know social media has changed stuff, and so it's a. Um, Without being whiny about it, it's just a difficult time for guys to figure out, you know, you're discovering who you are. Like, who really wants to be judged by what they do in college? Nobody, right? (laughs) And so you're figuring that out, you know. You mentioned NIL and money. One thing I couldn't wait to ask you about is the market in the NFL right now for the running back position. As you know, guys are really running up against it. Doesn't seem like teams want to hand out a lot of money to that position. Your thoughts on where the league is and the structure of these contracts to the position that you thrived at? Yeah, it's amazing. I feel like one of my best contracts was the year I was franchised. I'm talking business-wise. My Nike deals, all of them was all like if I'm the top three in scoring, if I'm the top three in touchdowns, if I'm the top three in yards, if I'm the top three in my division, if I'm the top three in my conference, if I'm the top uh, in the NFL. And so I made a killing that year because I won the MVP and broke all those <laughs> records. And I was like, whoa. So I remember when Nike showed up, we were all talking. They're like, yeah, my agent says, yeah, you guys owe us this much. And they're like, no, we would never give that much to a non-quarterback. And he said, let's go back over the contract. And he's like, oh, yeah, see this? And he's like, let's go to the, all the extra. And so what I feel like is if the NFL did it right, they should make it like that for the, for the running backs. Hey, because we don't, you don't want to use this because there is an injury thing. You know, I, them, them back-to-back almost 400 carry seasons, they took a toll on me, and I, I get a fluke injury, but no one knows to this day, well, maybe my body was just tired. So I get the understanding of just the business of, like, man, maybe we don't want to pay the rumps because they can get hurt because they take so many hits. But, man, can we not make it super beneficial if they break all the records, if they lead the league in rushing touchdowns, and we say, hey, you can get this, if they put in their contract and it doesn't count against the cap, I think everybody would be comfortable with that. I think that's a win all the way across the board. Would you would you would you be insulted to hear the word franchise tag? Franchise tag had such a positive sound to it when it first came out because you were guaranteed a certain percentage of the highest paid guys, but it wasn't the big guaranteed money these guys want. But franchise tag is that anti-player or is it just part of the rules should the players never agree to that how do you feel about it you know i was franchised my 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 mvp season right and we we just said hey i'm gonna do this and we can never in our contract you can never franchise me again so either you're going to take me after this year or you're not and that's the the big super bowl year mvp year and so they were like beep 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 (laughs) that season was over and so it was very beneficial for me but a lot of guys they get hurt, and it's it's clearly over for them. And so I, I just think that we're smart enough to figure out a way to get the guys paid what they want. And part of it was, you know, I was in that same position. I got paid 200000 my second year, 300000 and maybe three fifty my third year, four fifty my my fourth year. Mm. So I'm in the Pro Bowl with all these guys making five, six million, and I'm getting 300000 Like, you know, so there's something that's not right about that, and I just think that, if the person makes the Pro Bowl, if the person makes... So they, the league, everybody has to just get on the same page. Hey, if we're going to make the running back um, less important or less valuable because of injury, then let's make it, if he does something, 
let's make it go all the way to the top. And uh, and I think that everybody would be fine with that because then it kind of it kind of puts that motivation that uh, that challenging uh, competitive spirit in those positions, and you can uh, do something about it. You know, both for your team and for the league. We had a former Buckeye in Jackson Smith and Jigba leave Columbus and go to your Seattle Seahawks. Your thoughts on him as a player and the the offense that you know Seattle has right now because there's some good weapons all over the place. But it seems like Jackson Smith and Jigba has a chance to be a pretty good player in the league. Yeah, I got to meet youngster. Uh, um, you know, at one of the games, I think I came up to the Ravens game when they played up there. The game didn't go the way Seattle wanted, but it was really cool to be around the whole organization. But yeah, they got talent. You know, I mean, you, you come in that situation where you already got some great receivers. It's, it's going to turn out really well. And he, he made plays when he needed to make them. And I think everybody's thinking very highly of him. Uh, you're involved in something very cool here on Radio Row, the Stand Together Foundation and Cafe Momentum, which is really an amazing deal. Explain yeah. about um, people exiting the juvenile justice system yep. and trying to get them on the right path. You know, Stand Together Foundation is about 800 of some of the most successful businessmen, women, and philanthropic leaders in the country. And they uh, they put their money, their energy, their leadership behind tackling some of the country's biggest issues. And one of them is, is in juvenile justice. And uh, I, I've just loved uh, meeting these kids. Caffeine Momentum is one of the foundations that had the idea of what if we change the juvenile justice system. And so, you know, when my wife and I came around and, and saw the people from Cafamento, met the kids, my wife wanted to adopt them all. And I said, sweetie, we have 13 kids of our own. <laughs> We're not adopting anybody else. But, uh, but the idea behind taking these kids that are, that are in the juvenile justice system, instead of them going into a prison-like thing, um, they said, well, man, why don't y'all stay at home? You come and work here full-time mm-hmm. for a year. It's an internship that's paid. And we're going to put you through the four, four stages from sous chef to cooking to greeters to management of the thing. And, and also, we're going to put some special tools around you, um, psychologists, social workers, um, tutors for school. And what you saw was, I keep on saying, oh, I said, Chad, and he's the owner. I said, you just put aunties and uncles around these kids. That's what's happening. You know, everybody get an auntie, uncle, tell them straight enough they're going to do it. But they had people that loved them, that wanted to see them benefit. And recidivism in our country in most, most cities is about 45 50%. That means you're going to go back to jail after this. Um, the Catholic Minimum kids, it's 11%. And so I told Chad, I said, Chad, why don't we put one in every NFL city? And so Stand Together Foundation just jumped in. We're like, hey, we're, you know, we've got Denver. Oh, no, it was uh, Pittsburgh and then um, Nashville. They're, they're there now. We just did a deal with Denver. They're, they're fully in now. So we'll open up Denver this year. We'll open up um, Atlanta this year. And then we're, we've got everything set up for Houston, Miami, Tampa, L.A., you know, it, it's going. We're, we're going to put one in every NFL city. And these kids that everybody has called, not everybody, but many people have called them throwaways because they've made mistakes that probably needed some kind of punishment. You know what I mean? But to be throwaways from that decision, I don't think that's the move. Before we let you go, you got an offense that has everything but the running back position filled out. You get one, one running back to fill that spot right now in the league. Which running back you take it? Uh, it would depend on the quarterback. Okay. Because I like both the running backs that we're going to see in the Super Bowl. Okay. So if you got Patrick Mahomes, you just need a basher, and that's what they got. But if you got uh, Brock Purdy, then you're going to need a guy that can be like a, a utility knife. And so I would take Christian McCaffrey. And so, like, it depends on where he was. At the time of my kind of running backs, we're all, like, right at six foot. I was six one. Ladanian, we, we all kind of breathed out of the Marshall Falk kind of guys out of the, and out of the – 
Um, you know, Marcus Allen, if you keep on tracking, saw back a little bit over six foot that could do a little bit of everything. They don't use those guys. Those guys are gaining weight in high school and playing linebacker. And so the running backs are a little bit shorter, a little bit thinner, and that's why you got to use two of them now. <laughs> so, right. so yeah, so I, I would I depend on the quarterback. But, Ben, I, I do like Christian McCaffrey. You know what I mean? do like his game. Bama Hall of Famer, MVP of the league, Sean Alexander, great Seahawk. Do you remember the three guys that were drafted ahead of you? There were three running backs that were drafted ahead of you. I think you were 19th. That's right. And I'm, I always ask these guys because sometimes that sticks with you. That maybe you thought you deserved to be drafted before. There were three running backs taken before you. Can you name them? Jamal Lewis was number four. Bam. He did not want to come to Alabama because he was not going to play. But anyway, so. Uh, <laughs> Tennessee guy, right? Yep, yeah, Tennessee. Okay, right. Great, great running back. Yeah, yeah. Great dude. Okay. Uh, number 10 was where everybody said I was going to go. And that was uh, uh, Wisconsin's running back, Ron Dane. He was actually the third. There yep. was a guy in. There was a guy in between. Yep, and Lewis then it was Thomas Jones. You got it out of Virginia. Virginia. Good yeah. job, man. Go. Look yep. at that. All those years later, twenty-three years <laughs> later, you know the three running backs taken ahead of you. Yep, they would be called backups. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love those it. are my guys. We all say that to each other. <laughs> Sean Alexander. Hey, cafemomentum.org slash Super Bowl. Congratulations. Hey, it's one of the coolest things we've Thank seen you, on man. on the route. Awesome. Thank you. Have a great time here. Enjoy Vegas. Enjoy Sunday. That is Sean Alexander. We'll come back. You'll hear from Brock Purdy. Somebody really liked him. Some other coach liked him. He shouldn't have been Mr. Irrelevant if this guy got his way. We'll tell you about that when we come back. Live from Radio Row, sponsored by Low T Center. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care, right here on The Fan. Timmy Hall hosts Buckeye Roundtable. A special look inside the world of Ohio State Athletics. And a special look inside Timmy's neckbeard. Monday at 6. The Fan. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. You're listening to Rothman and Ice, live from Radio Row at the Super Bowl. Sponsored by the Low T Center. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Rothman thought he was rescuing an abandoned cat on the strip, but it was only Wayne Newton's face. Here's Anthony Rothman and Matty Ice. Not fair to old Wayne. He's a legend. Ambassador of Vegas. Been here doing it since uh, probably before the first Super Bowl. And now he's probably wandering around. I was trying to look for old Wayne Newton. Maybe just sing a few bars of Donka Shane with him. Do a little duet, maybe. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Not a bad idea at all. Central Park in fall. Oh, you tore your dress. What a mess. I confess. I'm surprised you still got a voice on the last night. You know, I managed Matt. Yeah, I was, but I I told you I was going to half mouth. I was going to kind of just. Mouth it a little bit only because I I knew today yeah. I did not want to show up like the guy behind us. By the way, I heard him. have you heard him? I, yeah, I heard him he, tell somebody I have no voice. No voice. What? Where did you go? <laughs> what kind of smoke filled room were you spending your time in? During the break, we had T.J. Watt walk past us, and C.B. told him, "You thought you were getting that Defensive Player of the Year award? That ain't happening, big dog. That's coming home with my boy Miles Garrett tonight. That was a bold move." by CB right there, because T.J. Watt could have put them paws on you, big dog. Here's the, here's the deal. You know, I, 
Baker Mayfield was floating around here yesterday, and I thought CB would go up to him and say, you know what, I had it all wrong. I wanted to, I want to apologize to you. You played hurt for my team. They did the same thing to you that other teams have done. You played through it. We ruined you, and I'm so sorry. I was driving you to the airport. I was your Uber driver. And i got to tell you, after what I saw this year, I doubted you, and I want to just apologize. Now, how cool would that have no, been? No, I wanted to talk to Hugh Jackson, who we saw a couple minutes well, after true. him. And ask him how he did that 0-16 season because it was incredible. Mm-hmm. In right. a bad way. Leave Hugh alone, CB. Leave Hugh alone. Turn me back up, CB. Thank you, sir. Um, all right, so let me get, ask you guys this. Uh, we talked a lot about Brock Purdy. And, listen, this is about as house money as you could get, right? And I'm not trying to take away what he wants to have happen on Sunday. Certainly he may never be back. And if he has a bad game, maybe Shanahan has to pull an about face here and start looking for a future quarterback. You never know. I hope he doesn't, but it, it, there is house money here. No one, no one is expecting. That's interesting yeah. you brought that up, that if he has a bad game, would Shanahan want to go elsewhere? Because talk so glowingly about He has, it. and this yeah. is a guy, AR, that you're talking two years in a row, the man led you to an NFC Championship game and then to the Super Bowl. And yeah. if he has one bad game... Are you going to go a different direction? We talked about no, it. No, they the, dumped the, Trey Lance. Correct. The market isn't great anyway. They're not yeah. going to get Kirk Cousins. Maybe they mess around with Baker Mayfield. I don't know. I think Brock, Brock Purdy is your guy with what they have built. The system is flowing well. You don't mess with that. Good game, bad game. You roll with Brock Purdy, in my opinion, for the foreseeable future. Well, I, I'm not denying that. I, I don't think you throw a guy away. It, it is the Super Bowl. He's going against Patrick Mahomes. If he has a bad game, he's human, or an average game. You never know. But how will it affect Brock Purdy's confidence if he does have a bad game? Will he be the same guy coming out of this? He's, he's been on pretty much house money this whole time. He's had an underdog story, which I love rooting for. But you brought up something earlier today about how he shouldn't have been Mr. Irrelevant. Now, he was going to be, I think his... Uh, Stock was more of a priority free agent because he was right on the border, and if he didn't get drafted, it might have been better for him because then he could pick where he wanted to go, but he wound up getting drafted. Usually guys get that late, although if you're going to be Mr. Irrelevant, there are a lot of riches that come with that. Yes. So if you're, if you're going to be, Very you'd rather true. be 262 than 261 versus not be drafted well, would be the better well, Especially when you could turn it into what he's turned it into. I mean, I can't imagine all the deals and stuff he's gotten because of his play, but because of that mystery relevant tag that you're talking about. However, there's a coach out there, former NFL coach, now Big Ten head coach in Matt Rule, who's at Nebraska that is letting everybody know that they, they got it wrong and that he wanted to get it right in Carolina, but something happened. I think Brock Purdy is an amazing player. Um, because I played against him at Iowa State. When I was in the draft room at Carolina, I, I brought his name up. I said, hey, guys, he should be on the draft board. I got vetoed on that one. But um, uh, you can ask Coop. Uh, but I, uh, I think, I mean, we used to tell guys when we were playing Brock Purdy, we were like, do not, do not fall for his pump fake, right? Because Brock would come out, he'd pump fake. And first game, he gets, he's 10 yards down the field, he pump fakes, our DBs are jumping. I'm like, guys, he's past the line of scrimmage. So well, a lot of respect for Brock. I think. Do you believe him? Question yeah, number yeah, one. Yeah, I do believe him. I also believe that that was very convenient of him to do that because he's not with them anymore. So why not say that I liked him when they didn't, and now look what happened. Like, I honestly, I, I know that people are calling this classless, that this is not a good look for Matt Rule to say that he liked him and that to give himself some credit. We've seen this happen before with uh, Polian, right? Wasn't he talking about 
stuff with with Manning and things like there was there was a lot of talk back in the day about I like this guy and they didn't and and I believe him I believe him I just don't know whether you say you, that you were vetoed from wanting to draft him you could just say I really liked him I'm thrilled he's doing this like I believe him because he coached at Baylor. He coached in that conference, so he saw him as he laid it out. But we got to remember how things ended in Carolina for Matt Rule. So there may be a little bit of some some bitter bill going on from his side of things. Maybe maybe you take a little shot at your former uh, employer yeah. that lets you go. But no you know, doubt he wasn't a very good coach. That's neither here nor there. But that could be rooted in that situation. But yeah, I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of people that would come out and tell you now that they thought Brock Purdy should have been drafted in this round or that round. The case is that the dude wasn't, and he's turned himself into to a household name now, and if he goes out there and delivers on that on Sunday, he's going to be a star for the rest of his career just because of where he was drafted and the team he took down. But it's a steep mountain to climb, man. Steep mountain to climb. But yeah, that, that story for Matt Rule, I'll buy it. I'll buy it. But I think oh, it's yeah. rooted in a, a little bit of saltiness coming from Carolina's side. Listen, I, I honestly, I really don't have any problem with it. I'm just giving you what I think are both sides of that situation. He has a history with Purdy. Um, I don't think he'd lie about something like that. I think if you lied about something like that publicly like that, this isn't just at a bar with his boys. Hey, I really liked him. I wanted to pick him. Right. He went out in public and put it on the record. And if this was completely wrong, there would be a lot of people in that room that would out him for saying this. So I absolutely believe him. And i got to tell you, you know, if you've ever been fired from a job or whatever, you go through certain emotions on how I'm going to speak about my former employer. And do you want to take the classy high road? Or what I think happened here, and I like to say this, I think this ball was on a tee. And he said, this is my chance. He never would have said it, obviously, if he's still employed by the franchise. But now it's okay to go ahead and say it. All right, what will Dan Dockage say about the Ohio State basketball team now after blowing an 18-point lead at home? We know how much he's in Holtman's camp, but if we put him in that room, what would he be saying? You'll hear it next. Rothman and Ice, live from Radio Row in Las Vegas, sponsored by Low T Center. Low T Center reinventing men's health care right here on The Fan. We aim to punch you in the face with as many games as we can. You're home of the Buckeyes, Blue Jackets, Crew, and Browns. The Fan, Ohio sports destination. The only thing higher than Matty Ice's excitement level is Pat Mahomes Sr.'s blood alcohol level. You're listening to Rothman and Ice, live from Radio Row at the Super Bowl. Sponsored by the Low T Center. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Welcome back to Vegas, Radio Row. Um, there aren't too many things missing in Vegas, but there is one thing missing, and that's Dan Dockage. If he was here, I can guarantee he would be squiring us around the city in only the way he can. Outkick.com, don't at me. The ticket, Indy, noon to three. Our guy, Double D. You spend any time out here in Sin City in your youth? Oh, yeah. I go every year. My brother, myself, nephew, son. We have a golf uh, trip, and I am in bed by 9 o'clock. True story. I tell them, I go, I'll wake up at 6, I'll okay. drink, I'll gamble, I'll do everything you want to do on the golf course till it's dark, and we literally play Rio Seco until it's dark, but I'm going to bed. And Smart. the next day, I do it again. Yeah, yeah, I've, I've gambled enough in my life. I've had the door dash because of it. You know the deal. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's a smart man right there. Uh, you wouldn't be bringing your sticks this week, though, man. It's been very cool. Or at least you wouldn't play 
early in the morning. But we're inside having a good time at Radio Row. Um, so I lost my first bet of the week, Double D, and I made the uh, the fateful error of betting on Ohio State to turn it around against Indiana. Yeah. And I will say, you know, Indiana's coming off the embarrassment against Penn State. I usually don't like betting against teams that have been embarrassed, but I kept hearing that Woody's lost the team and, and now it's over. And Ohio State played Iowa tooth and nail until, of course, the last few minutes when they seemed to circle the drain. So have you ever blown an 18-point lead at home when you're coaching or playing? Uh, one time we were up 28 points. I'll give you two stories quickly. Up 28. We were 26th in the country at Bowling Green at, at Buffalo with seven minutes to go, and we had to make free throws to win the game. Another time we were down 13 with a minute 14 to go, took a one-point lead, and former Buckeye Jamie Bosley uh, hit one at the buzzer from half court to beat us my first year at Bowling Green. Yeah, crazy stuff happens, man. Crazy, crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's wild. Dan, uh, the Buckeyes, we all know, they're, they're struggling. I'm going to put you in Holtman's shoes right now. You, yeah. You've been a coach. You know the game very, very well. What would be your message to these guys right now that are just coming in? I'm sure mentally this is a tough challenge because the uh, the production just isn't there. What would you be uh, saying to this team day in and day out right now? I'd be pissed off at how timid our team is. I, I, I think that Ohio State's players, and, you know, there's plenty of blame to go around. You know, I mean, you, you guys know I love Chris. I take a bullet for Chris, but he knows the deal. you got to win. You can't blow an 18-point lead against a bad team. And at home, you can't. And, and that, that's kind of a job-costing game, but I'd be pissed off. I, I, this, this would have been a line in the sand for me as a coach, and I may lose the team uh, because of it, but I, I may also get them back. Because we're losing anyway. I'd be pissed off at how timid they are. I'd be pissed off at how everybody seemed to be looking for somebody else. And I understand people are sophomores, but screw that. Sophomores are veterans in college basketball. You know, you played well enough to get a lead. You, you guys mentioned it, tooth and nail against Iowa. Then all of a sudden you take a dump in the bed uh, over the last five minutes. I'd blame myself I, as a coach. No question, man. I mean, I'd be in there grinding, blaming myself. But I'd be I, this. That game would be a line in the sand type of game where you're either going to start playing, not caring about you know your little feelings, or you're going to get the hell out of here and you're going to be gone, uh, just like everybody else. That game would make me hostile. And look, that's not the modern way to coach. I get it. It's really not Chris's thing. But as I was watching that, with about ten minutes to go in the game, I put out on Twitter: Indiana's going to get right back in this game because you're getting better shots, and, and it was inexcusable. Ohio State players passed up shots. Ohio State players did play hard. It was almost like Galloway uh, dictated everything in the game, and Dow Galloway hadn't dictated anything for Indiana except you know dance night at the club because he's apparently a big you know dancey guy, go out to the club guy. So I'd be pissed crazy this week in practice would be the most miserable week of everybody's life including my own my wife's my players my my managers maybe everybody would quit but it ain't getting done the other way well it's very interesting you say that dan because i i there's a fine line as you say because they started playing really well last year when they got to that nothing to lose point anymore right you feel like you're not going to make the tournament so that freed them up however you know and that's the thing with Chris. But Chris can I stop you yeah, right there? Sure. But that's a chicken blank way to play. That's, that's, right. that's, 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 that's like, you know what? 
you go to Ohio State, you go to Indiana, you go to Michigan, you go to these schools, you, big life, big stage, Big Ten, right? I mean, you're going to play in front of people. You're going to play in, in, in front of passionate fan bases. So get your head out of your ass and play. Yeah. I mean, no, particularly I'm, I'm at with the you. end of the game. And, and you know, it, 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 is, it is so easy uh, to go score 15 points in the last, you know, 15 minutes of the game when you're down 30, you know, you know, and, and, and this is enough, you know, frankly, they got good, they got good players. They got guys that can go make plays enough. Now, and, yeah. And, and I'm with you. And I guess the point yeah, I was I getting to is with, if Chris also may feel like he doesn't have a whole lot left to lose. So I, <laughs> who knows, right? I, I mean, he's got to coach the way he's got to coach. I don't think he's, um, going to change because maybe he feels this is his last season or whatever, but, um, I, I also feel like this team wasn't active defensively at the end of the game like Indiana was. Indiana was knocking basketballs off legs. Yes. Like they were playing like I thought Ohio State would play a desperate team. And I'm wondering from your point of view is whether they're just too paralyzed by where their season is right now. And the only way out of it is to, is to send the message that you have nothing to lose, play like it, versus what you just said, which is get all over their ass and make sure that they realize that uh, it's my way or the highway. It is a fine line, though. Well, I don't think it's my way or the highway. It's simply, look, I'm fed up, and, and you should be fed up, too. Like, that's what Indiana did. I mean, Cat Galloway got fed up, and you could see it. He's like, screw this. And then, you know what? The Leo kid came along with him, and then the other guys who don't want to come along with anything, uh, where, and uh, I call him Taco Bell, this Ibaku kid who got arrested at Taco Bell, he, they had to come along. You know, they, they had to because of what Galloway was doing. And that's what, you, if you don't have anybody on the team that's going to do that as a, as a player, then you got to do that as a coach. you got to drag this along. And, you know, one of the things you can never, and I was in the situation at Bowling Green, you can never acknowledge that you might not be here. You can never acknowledge that, that you're t- you know, the AD might fire. You can never acknowledge that. You, you just, you, this is when you show you're a leader. And my way of doing it, again, it's not right. I'm not coaching hell. I mean, I, I would last two minutes. But after I watch that game, my way would be, fellas, you got to join me in this because it's up. I mean, screw And some will and some won't. But it, it's, it, I, the, the way Indiana won that game, I'm telling you, I watched it. Galloway decided enough. Leal joined him. And then others had no choice but to join him because Galloway was knocking in shots and you know, and it, you're right. You used the word paralyzed. It knocked Ohio State back on their heels. And I got to tell you, as a player, you should be embarrassed. I get it. We're going to get all over the coach. I totally get that. And Chris gets that. Absolutely. I get it. But I'm talking about sometimes I put on my player hat, even though it was a thousand years ago. You got to be embarrassed because you're the one on the court that lost an 18 point leap. I mean, for the love of all things holy, that's got to bother you. And if Chris mm-hmm. feels like in that locker room with the assistants or anybody feels like it's not bothering him, well, hey, man, screw that. We, we, we got to get this back, you know. And, and, look, it may not work. Uh, it, it, but it's not working this way. Right. Let's put it that way. It yeah. ain't working this way. And that's the thing. People say, well, you're going to make people mad. Well, well you, people get mad anyway. People quit anyway. You know, it's not like – you know, it's not like you got to treat kids nice so they won't quit. Hell, guys quit because who knows why? It, it, you know, so, you, you know, that's part of what you're saying, though, uh, Anthony. Part of what you're saying is we got nothing to lose. This is what we're doing. Get on board and it'll work. Don't get on board and we're going to go through the same BS that we've had here the last six weeks. 
Totally fair. Totally fair. Dan, we got about 30 seconds. Who's hoisting up that Lombardi trophy on Sunday night? I ain't betting against the Chiefs, brother. Mm-hmm. Hey, fellas, I ain't doing it, brothers. I am not betting against the Chiefs. You give me the Chiefs and the points, I'll take that today, tomorrow, and the next day. Bye, What do you guys think? It's worked the last couple of weeks. I'm with you. I hate – you know what? Here's the deal. I said to Maddie when – Kansas City was getting four at the Ravens, and then it ticked up to four and a half, and I looked at him and said, Vegas is begging you to take the Chiefs, so something is wrong, and guess what? Vegas got exposed, and I was surprised about that. And guess what? They may be getting ready to get exposed again, giving Mahomes a couple. So I'm going to ride this trend. He's done it as an underdog in Buffalo and Baltimore. Why not here neutral in Vegas? Um, Should be an outstanding game, though. I can't imagine anybody winning by more than ten. No, and I'll tell you what, Mahomes wins this one. You got to start. Wait a second here. Uh, hold that phone. Tom Brady is the GOAT, but Mahomes is really young, got his deal going. Hopefully, Dandy Reed can stay. Then you're going to start talking about maybe we got a new sheriff in the GOAT conversation because that dude is, I mean, I love Mahomes, man. I love that dude. I think he's just awesome. I told Maddie if uh, let's stop talking about Mahomes, maybe. Uh... Maybe Andy Reid can chase down Belichick six. Who knows? We'll, we'll see. Tell you what. Tell me who's beating them. If they win this one, you tell me who's beating them because, you know what, the uh, 49ers with McCaffrey, they've, set the, they, they've got a stacked deck. They're driving a Ferrari. Purdy is. If they don't win this one, who the hell's beating them? I don't know, man. You're not wrong. Well done, my man. Have a great show, and uh, we'll talk Let's to you talk next week. You Avoid arrest. Vegas uh, jails are not any fun. See you guys. See you, Double D. Well done. Yeah, I didn't have to uh, bail Maddie out of a detention center yet this week, and nor did he have to bail me out, so that's good. But there's still plenty of time to get on a reality jail show here in Vegas. You know, it's always been my goal to do that, and so maybe see the inside of a jail cell. I did see the inside of a sphere last night seeing you too, and it was probably the coolest thing I've ever experienced. So I'm a happy man today. When we come back... Uh, we'll take a break here on Radio Row, and we will get into what it costs to get in to the Super Bowl. And these prices are probably exactly where you think they would be for this one. You'll hear it next. Rothman and Ice, live from Radio Row in Vegas, sponsored by Low T Center. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care right here on The Fan. If your idea of the perfect radio show is all Buckeyes all the time, then it's your lucky day, Slappy, the Buckeye Show. Weeknights at 6. The... You're listening to Rothman and Ice, live from Radio Row at the Super Bowl. Sponsored by the Low T Center. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. And if you think the fan is cheap enough to just get one hotel room for three people, <laughs> you'd be right. Yeah, jam-packed. CB on an air mattress. Maddie and I dividing the king-size bed. You know what? Uh, One bathroom for three people. We're out here hustling, man. Uh, You got to do what you got to do. Cold showers and all. We're making it happen this week. We're making it happen. During the break, I went over to get some water, and I saw a dude get bodied out of here. And I don't think, based off of his body language, that he, uh, he slept last night. I think he just now left the bar, and this security dude grabbed him by his collar okay. and threw him out of the club. It was a beautiful scene. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Maybe my highlight of the weekend, so over the week so far. Wish you would have documented that on your phone, Matt. I would have liked to have seen that. Um, that would have been a fun little deal for all of us, a fun visual for all of us. Uh, with the Niners and the Chiefs and the Super Bowl, um, everyone is possibly looking to get into this game. And 
you know, I, I was surprised last few years, you know, how much these things cost to get in. It's very corporate, obviously, and sponsors, and they eat up the tickets. And I know there's this feeling out there, like, if your team ever played in one, you'd want to be there and you'd spend what it costs. But, you know, I've been fortunate enough to be at a few of these, and I'll, I'll be honest, I think everybody knows, the best seat is at home, the best seat's in front of the TV, and it's a game that was built for television. And I'm not telling people that if the Browns ever made it, if your Ravens go back, my Vikes, whatever, that I wouldn't want to be in that building. But um, right now, the lowest-priced get-in seat for this game at Allegiant, remember, first Super Bowl in Vegas, is eight grand? Okay, that's that, that, that's just stupid. But that's that, down. That, by the way, that's down over a thousand dollars from a week ago. So you're telling me I'll be up in the nosebleeds for eight grand? Is what you're telling me right now? You'd be in the building, Matty. Yeah, well, that's right. Where in the building, big dog? Because I, I got to imagine there's more expensive tickets than eight grand. Well, the top seat right now that I've seen is about thirty-seven. Oh, if you want to go that route. So. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing? And this is why, you know, you hear from a lot of people, and like you said, you, you've been there, and I've talked to people that have been to Super Rolls, and the, the energy level is it's fine. It's got a very corporate feel to it because a lot of the fan bases are probably like, we're good. I'd rather throw a Super Bowl party, cook up some buffalo chicken dip, have some cold drinks with my friends, and kick it at the crib because you got to think about just the ticket to get in the door. Think about if you want to go have a nacho or a hot dog or a burger. They're probably charging you 30 bucks to have a cheeseburger in the stadium this weekend. It's it's pretty outrageous and unfortunate that that's where we are, but it is the biggest game of them all. Yeah, I mean, listen, no one's uh, counting pennies. If they're going to spend that money and go in, they're going to buy what they need. They're going to get the gear of the program. They're going to do everything they need. But, yeah, it's part of it is being in the atmosphere of it and saying that you're at the most famous sporting event in the world. For a lot of people, and just saying you were there, it's a bucket list thing. I'm going back year after year, you're really only going if it's your team. So that when you brought up, you know, the Niners and Kansas City, and I brought up at the beginning about how these teams have been here, but Kansas City fans, if you've been to a Super Bowl and you've seen your Chiefs win lately, then going back may not be necessary. And But if you're a Niners fan... And you want to think about, well, I really wasn't around when they were winning their Super Bowls back in the 90s. Like, all these people that are here for San Francisco, all they've seen them as lose to the Chiefs and to your team back in 2013. So if you think about it, you got to go all the way back to 1995, where San Francisco has been in a Super Bowl and won it. So maybe they're a hungrier franchise from a fan base to say, I've been saving since... The last 20 years to see my team win one, but can you imagine paying and watching your team lose? That, By the way, that's the other big risk, is if your team ever got there. Like, if the Browns ever got there and CB said, you know what, I'll pay the, I'll pay the five grand or eight grand or whatever. And certain franchises, by the way, I think the prices would even be higher. Like, if the Lions would have made it, they've never been there. I'm wondering if the prices would have even been higher because of the, the demand of the Detroit fan. Maybe so. Uh, the brand isn't as strong, obviously, as the Niners in Kansas City. I actually think the tickets would be a little cheaper because of that. I mean, it's the Detroit Lions we're talking about. It's a team that hadn't done much of anything since 1991, right? They just got to their first NFC title game since there. But if the Brownies made it to the Super Bowl, I think CB would walk to that location. He would walk to that location to save money. I saw this man, or he, he told us he walked five miles yesterday to get an In-N-Out burger. Why didn't you Uber? That's what I want to know. Why didn't we Uber didn't walk to get no this five thing? miles? <laughs> it wasn't five miles. It was a round trip about two. You're supposed to roll with me on that. Oh, sorry. <laughs> but I'm well, just trying. I'm just trying to be a team player around here. You know. <laughs> 
Oh, my goodness. Well, yeah, man. Look, I, the atmosphere, it is going to be what it is. I did see, though, our boy, DJ Tiesto, Mr. Let's Get Down to Business. He, gone. he is making history at the Super no, Bowl. No, he's out, I told you. He's done? I told you during the break. You didn't I, tell me that during the yeah, break. Yeah, he said he had some family issues. He had oh, my out God, I did not know that. Did I know? He was about to make history as the first <laughs> in-house yeah. DJ of all time. That's really unfortunate that that's not happening. It's not happening. Dang. So uh, our guy Benjamin Albright actually broke that story. Okay. That he had sources that said that DJ Tiesto had to pull out for uh, unforeseen family circumstances. So, But you're right. It was going to be the Super Bowl's first ever in-game DJ. Yeah. And I haven't seen any other details. I'm just telling you that broke within the last half hour uh, from Benjamin. Well, wish him well. That's tough. Yeah. I wanted to bring this up real quick. Boomer Esaias, you know, CBS analyst. You know, we, we obviously keep our eye on a lot of the AFC North stuff with Browns and the Bengals. But Bengals, tough year for them, right, just due to injury. We know how high their ceiling is. But Boomer Esaias, he came out this week and he said, quote, the Bengals are still the best team in the division when they are healthy. My man, do you agree with that? That when they are healthy, they are head and shoulders above the Ravens, Steelers, and CB's brownies. Heads above, no. Um, I think I'd be splitting hairs. This is a very good division. I would still, depending on, I would still put it in the rankings of, I picked Baltimore to win the division. I got lucky because the Bengals had their injuries. No, I'd still put it at Baltimore, Cincinnati, and then splitting hairs between the Browns and, and, and Pittsburgh at this point. But the beautiful thing about the division is that they're not head and shoulders above anyone. They're really formidable, and him being an ex-Bengal, I expect to say that. But, no, I, I, I don't know how you could immediately put Baltimore below them just because Cincinnati would be healthy. Feels to me like a 1A, 1B yeah. type of thing between those teams because, you know, the last couple of years Lamar didn't finish out the season. He missed, you know, a handful of games and the two seasons prior to this one, and maybe that took a little bit away from what that race could, could be. But, yeah, with those two guys, and we'll see what Deshaun Watson can bring to the table with the Browns and their roster and how good that roster is structured and how great that defense was. For the most part, all season long, this division is absolutely ridiculous, man. And if the Pittsburgh Steelers get their hands on a you know a respectable quarterback this year which i hope that they do it's really going to make this division really juicy because mike Tomlin we know is one of the best but cincinnati it's going to be a very interesting offseason we saw what about a half hour ago t higgins and jamar chase rolling around here former buckeye terry mclaurin but that's the focus for them this offseason is retaining that talent because when you have nine and you keep him upright the, the ceiling is is the is one of the highest in the entire sport. We've seen them get to a Super Bowl. We've seen them beat the Chiefs, win AFC title games. They can do it all. So if they keep hitting in the draft and keep doing their thing and being smart about their financials, it's hard to push back on what Boomer Sison said. But some other teams have gotten better in that division. If those teams stay healthy, man, you can flip a coin, I think, year in and year out moving forward, and it could be a, div- a different division winner each year. So the greatest thing that happened to Cincinnati certainly lately has been Joe Burrow and the fact that, he played so well early that it forced them to pay him $275 million. Then all of a sudden now the Bengals are going to make sure they stay in contention year in and year out because of the money they've paid the quarterback. So it's the most important piece. The wrist needs to heal yep. fully, and he needs to be a guy. He's already had two fairly serious injuries so far in his NFL career, and they can't afford another camp where he's 
not good, not available, where they because you don't develop. want to play catch up, right? Absolutely, you don't want to play catch up anymore. That's been an issue. Is just him knocking off the rust, you know, early on in the season because of these unfortunate injuries. You mentioned the contract in Kansas City. Obviously, as a quarterback, that's making a lot of money. But what they've done is they have seven defensive starters right now on Kansas City side of things that have been picked in the last four drafts. That's what you have to do when you hand out that big-time bag. That can keep the train rolling. So they've got some good hits, I think, on defense. You look at some of the guys, DJ Turner, Dax Hill. There's some young guys that I think will continue to get better and better. But it's going to be the main focus, obviously, outside of the T. Higgins thing right now is what they can do in the draft to get guys that are going to be on cheaper deals around Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow to keep this train rolling. A couple things were jumping out for me on Bet365. As we do that, Maddie, because you know at Bet365, they don't do ordinary. So let's figure one out. I did actually like the Debo anytime touchdown at plus 160. I feel like that's pretty good value on that guy who should be heavily involved near the goal line, jet sweep type situations, and he seems to be back. I just really like the value on that. It would be easy for me to go CMC anytime touchdown minus 230, but that's yeah. a lot of value. You don't get value there. Um, so I'm going to go with the Debo anytime touchdown today at plus 160. What's the juice on Pacheco? I do like that one. I have to imagine uh, it's probably not as good, but what's the juice on it for Pacheco? Pacheco, I don't have. I will take a look at that okay. one. We'll find and that an out. anytime touchdown? Yeah, anytime touchdown okay. for him because he's been cooking, man. The dude scored 11, at least one touchdown in 11 of their 17 games this season. So maybe we you. can pair that in there. But let me, let me let you know about yeah, this. Minus get, 120. Okay, so let's pair those together. I like that. You can get $5 in bonus bets. For every touchdown scored when you wager $50 or more on a same-game parlay on San Francisco versus Kansas City, or get $2 in bonus bets for every touchdown when you wager $20 or more on a same-game parlay on San Francisco versus Kansas City. At Bet365, it's never ordinary. Sign up now at oh.bet365.com. This is the time to do it. If you've been waiting for the big game, this is the week. Got to be 21 or older, must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Speaking of CMC, his dad, the Faja, Eddie McCaffrey, Easy Ed, EMC, (laughs) will jump on the table with us next here at the row, and we'll find out what advice he's giving his son before Sunday. Rothman and Ice is live from Radio Row in Vegas, sponsored by Low T Center. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care right here on The Fan. Wake up with the fan. Eat lunch with the fan. Go to bed with the fan. Dream about the fan. Then change your sheets. Gross. Ew, you guys are gross. But stick around in case I don't find anyone else. But stick around in case I don't find anyone else. Always as tender as a well-done steak. This this is Rothman and Ice. All right, welcome back to Radio Row. Thrilled to have this man sitting with us. Um, He was famous before his son was famous, so he always has that going for him. He's uh, Easy Ed McCaffrey, one of the great receivers, uh, and uh, has three rings himself, Niners, and, of course, a couple with the Bronx. Good to have you. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, it's uh, listen, we've been a big fan of, uh, of your sons, as a lot of people are, and um, I guess the first thing is how much do you want to impart to him this week about Super Bowls and the ones you've played in and how to manage emotions, or are you just the dad that says, he's got that under control. If he needs something, he'll come to me. Yeah, if he needs something, he'll come to me. He, he sometimes asks for advice and stuff off the field more than on the field because he's been playing a long time, and we've been talking ball his whole life. So he's got the right mindset. He knows how to prepare. I mean, he's got great coaches. Um, I say go do your thing. 
Your son's been so dominant both in the passing game and on the ground. From from your perspective, what makes him so good at what he does every single night? I mean, it's a little bit of everything. It's you know being physically gifted with size, speed, quickness. I think his vision is elite. And I think his uh, athleticism is elite. He does have the ability to turn into a receiver. And not every running back can do that. You know, old school running backs, most of them, not all of them, but it was, you know, run first and second, and if we're going to pass, we'll bring in our third down back. And he's a guy you can leave on the field for every down, run between the tackles, run outside, literally line up at receiver and play receiver. And there's just not just many people that can do that, right? There's not too many people that have that skill set. I think that's the way the league's going with the passing increasing, the amount of snaps in shotgun. Um, but the, the challenge it poses for defenses is you don't change your personnel. So you can stay in 21 personnel, and then all of a sudden you've got three receivers. You didn't switch to nickel, right? And, and when you put a guy like Debo on the same team, now you can interchange them as receivers and running backs. And it just, in, in the NFL more than any other level, it's about matchups. How do you create the matchups that you want in the game? Yeah, great comment there with Ed McCaffrey, three-time Super Bowl champion, son. Of course, uh, Christian will be in the game on Sunday. A lot of people think, you know, the Niners want to build a game plan around Christian, that he's that talented, that you build around that. I know they have talented guys, but um, it'd be one of those things. Would it be weird if they kind of outfunk it, Ed, where, you know, they didn't hand him the ball and create that early down success rate that NFL teams like to have? You think he could be a, not, not a decoy, but do you hammer him right away and say, this is your game, or do you let it kind of come to you a little bit? Well, you know, it's interesting. I know that Kyle Shanahan, not unlike future Hall of Fame coach Mike Shanahan, his dad, approached the game very similarly to start a game. They have their first 15, right? Their first 15 is your first and second down plays. It's usually pretty balanced, but not always. They figured out what personnel groups they like versus this team versus this defense, and they kind of feel the team out in the first half on first and second. Now, third down's a totally different ball game. So, um, you know, they're going to have their game plan based on what they've seen so far this year. They're going to have their way to show different formation shifts and motions to attack them on first and second down. Um, and then as the game goes on, that's where it gets really crucial to adapt to what you're seeing. The team's not going to have a million different looks for the same formation and shifts and motions. So once you're taking your notes and figuring that out, the second half becomes crucial. To your point, you know, I've always been a believer and you get your best players the ball most of the time. But now San Francisco's got a lot of good players. Right, you got George Kittle at tight end. You got Christian at running back. You got Usechek who can slip out of the backfield. You got Brandon Ayuk. You got Debo Samuel. So the reason they're in the Super Bowl is because they have all these talented players. So you don't have to force anyone the ball. I think you get in trouble when you try to force players the ball. And I've seen it even in the NFL. Every now and again, a quarterback's trying to force a receiver the ball, and you're throwing into coverage. I'm like, what are you doing? And it turns into an interception. And so the the reason this team is so good offensively is because they have a great quarterback a great coach, and they have a lot of different skill players so that they can kind of pick and choose who they want to get the ball to and take what the defense gives them. Now, with that being said, you don't always take what the defense gives you. Sometimes you dictate to the defense what you're going to do, and that's the chess match that Kyle Shanahan will be playing. You mentioned the quarterback that your son plays with, and I'm sure you've heard a lot of the conversations around Brock Purdy. What conversations have you and Christian had about Brock Purdy? If you have had some, I'd love to hear what he thinks of Purdy. But if you haven't had that conversation, get your personal opinion on what he brings to the field every single week. Yeah, I mean, just watch the tape. You want to know what Brock brings to the field? Watch the tape. I mean, watch him against Detroit, leading the biggest comeback in uh, NFC Championship history. Um, he's elusive. He made two huge runs with his feet. He's mobile. He you know, can thread the ball. 
and feather it over the linebacker level to that second level, throw the deep ball. He, he can do everything. That's why you don't you don't accidentally lead the league in a bunch of statistical categories, right? I mean, you're good. <laughs> He's watching the tape, man. He's a good player. That's why in football you say watch the tape. You can look at all the data analytics, and, and they are useful and important as tools. But at the end of the day, let me put on the film and watch who makes plays. And I thought Kyle Shanahan did a great job on opening night of, of talking about how every quarterback is a game manager. That's your job. You're the coach on the field. You better be able to manage the game. That every quarterback plays within a system, so technically every quarterback's a system quarterback. Lamar Jackson plays in a system. Not every quarterback plays in that system, right? But they, he's in a system that utilizes his skill set. But then the thing that differentiates the great quarterbacks from quarterbacks that are only game managers and only system quarterbacks is that they can do some things other quarterbacks can't do. And maybe in, maybe it's making the big throw at the right time or making plays with your feet or you know being elusive enough to get outside the pocket and, and, and you know buy more time for a receiver to get open. And Brock Purdy's done all three of those things. And that's why I think Kyle Shannon's like, I don't understand what people are talking about. Are you watching the games? <laughs> right, watching the game. Um, but Christian saw something in Brock the first day that he signed with the 49ers because he got there. They were about to play the Chiefs of all teams. Christian didn't even practice the whole week and still played in the game, which was crazy. But he's like, I'm playing. I'm not missing a game. So originally I think they thought they were going to sit him. But in order to get ready for the game, he ran through plays like a walkthrough, just going over all his assignments with Brock Purdy. And he's like, hey, this dude knows the whole entire offense. He's telling me every single assignment that I have. He was super sharp, and then you know they started throwing the ball back and forth, and he's like, this guy's the real deal. And that's that's when he was the third-string quarterback. right? It, it just As fate would have it, he ended up being the starter. He is uh, Eddie Mack, Ed McCaffrey with a three-time Super Bowl champ, Pro Bowl receiver. Uh, give me a quick uh, kind of a story. I mean, you've been in the huddles with, what, Steve Young, John Elway. I mean, did you ever go back into a huddle with Elway and say, man, I am open. Get me the damn ball, or did you, or was Elway didn't want to hear that? Like, give me your your relationship with some of these elite quarterbacks and what those huddles were like. Yeah, I played with some great quarterbacks, man. I was with you know Phil Simms who won a Super Bowl, and then Jeff Hostetler who also won a Super Bowl with the Giants, and those guys were just so confident, so talented. Then I went to play with Steve Young, and he's he's like a ball of energy. That guy's like bouncing off the walls and running around and making plays and just. Always had so much energy, it was unbelievable. And he was really fun to be around. And then uh, John Elway was just cool, calm, and collected. I mean, he, he was had such a strong personality. But by the time I got there, you know, he's already a Hall of Famer. Like, I know I'm playing with a Hall of Famer already. Um, but we had so many personalities on our team. Like, Shannon Sharp was the tight end. So Shannon's the one saying I'm open on every play. But, <laughs> but, but John was such a great guy that he would just laugh. Like, him and Shannon would joke. He's like, dude. You know, like so, he wasn't influenced at all by Shannon, who's a Hall of Fame tight end, or anybody else. Um, and, and 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 he was, you know, so calm in the most critical moments. Super Bowl. By that time, he had played in a couple championship. Like he, you know, like all great athletes, was super confident in his own ability. wasn't flustered by anything, and believed in his teammates. I remember early on, he threw a ball to me, and it kind of jammed my finger and it went on the ground this is my first year in denver and i'm like i'm getting cut you know he's just going to give that sign to the head coach and like you know get this guy out of here and instead he came over he kind of ran halfway to me from the huddle and said hey don't worry about it. i'm coming right back to you threw me the, the ball the next play and luckily i caught it thank yeah. goodness or maybe i would have been you cut. Don't go for two <laughs> but i don't want to drop two in a row but um but uh, that's the kind of guy he was. Like, he, he was a just a dude. Like, even yeah. though he was the Hall of Famer, he got along with everyone. He was great in the locker room. He was friends with everyone. He was older than, you know, a lot of players by a lot of years by that time. But everyone related to him, and everyone believed in him. And we're like, this guy's the real deal. 
not influenced by. And I think you feed off that energy of your quarterback. Yeah. You, you need a quarterback that you believe in. Oh man, was he when he was helicoptering near the goal line, and even Young, who could run. I mean, those were some tough. I was wide open on that play. <laughs> I was in the back. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I, was, I used to tell that story all the time, and I never even watched the game. And he didn't get in. No, he got the first. He did get the first. You know what, right. But I look back, I wasn't open. I can't tell that story. Oh no, you got to keep. Fake. Hey, the fish story. But it's gets a good bigger. story. You know, unfortunately, now you can like Google it and find the video. Uh, oh yeah, that, great, that, that ruins. It was, it was a pre-internet. Story. It was a great story. Yeah, pre-internet. It was an incredible yeah. story. Um, I know you're here with the help of Low T Center. I'm always touting guys to go get their numbers. Um, whether it's guys in their 30s, 40s, 50s, for sure. This is the time to get the power of the numbers. I mean, you you're an ex-ball player, but you're in great shape. But I know you know that low T center can provide a lot of help to a lot of guys. Absolutely. And you got to get medically monitored. People, I'm in my 50s now, people try to be their own the doctor. Don't be your own doctor. You know, go have a professional test you. And, you know, if you're feeling depressed or you have low energy, or more importantly, if you're the spouse of someone who you're noticing uh, is, has a change in behavior, go. you want to live your best life. Look, we're here for so long. Let's live as healthy as we can for as long as we can. These things are controllable. So my wife, Lisa, and I have been tested the last couple of years. Early detection is important. And, you know, being the best version of yourself, it's not even just for you. Don't think of it as it's just for me. Because a lot of guys especially are like, hey, you know, I'm fine. You know, right? But you're affecting your relationship with your spouse, with your kids, with your friends. It could affect your job. So, you know, why don't you find out? Go get tested. Great, great words from Ed McCaffrey. LowTCenter.com is the place. Go get your numbers. It's only 25 bucks in 25 minutes. You're going to get those results back. Um, good luck to your son. Good luck to the family. Thank you. EMC is with us. CMC's in the game. And it's great to visit with you. Thank you. Appreciate you. You got it. Ed McCaffrey with us. Uh, one of the greats, and played with some greats, won some rings, and now his son has a chance to get one. All right, when we come back, we'll hit you with a Buckeye Bulletin. Uh, Travion Henderson and the story behind welcoming in Quinshawn Judkins. How did he feel about it? You'll hear it next in the Bulletin. Rothman and Ice, we are live from Radio Row in Vegas, and we're sponsored by Low T Center. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care right here on The Fan. News, opinions, and insight all before breakfast. Rise and shine with morning juice. Weekdays starting at 6. The Fan, Ohio's sports destination. Rothman and Ice present Buckeye Bulletin. Sponsored by Logan AC and Heat Services. Feeling the chill? Call the experts at Logan Services now for hot deals on train furnaces, including 0% APR for 60 months. All right, Buckeye Bulletin time. Uh, Things getting busy here on the row. And everybody's talking about, you know, what's happening with Bill O'Brien. And there's no O'Brien update right now to BC. In fact, if you're if you're really a fan of the guy and you want him to stick around, this seems leaning towards that way. I'm not telling you to throw any celebrations yet, but, you know, if this is the right fit and he was the right guy and they're ready to pull the trigger, then why are they going back to a big round of interviews with other people? Um, and maybe, who knows, if he lost interest for some reason, you just never know. I don't want to speculate on that. Um, but whatever is holding this up, he is still a Buckeye, and that's the update. Because I think over the next, uh, you know, last few days, Maddie, everyone's wondering, wait a minute, he's still a Buckeye, he's not a Buckeye, and he is still. He absolutely is still a Buckeye, and we got a primetime Deion Sanders right behind us doing an interview, head coach of the what Colorado the, Let me Buffalo. ask you this. What yeah. are the odds that he's doing I can't see him. What are the odds that he's doing that interview wearing sunglasses? They are absolutely on. It would be okay. a disappointment if Prime did not have on those sunglasses. Bodie, I think, has a nice Ryan Day clip available for us on Bill O'Brien. Here's Coach Day on Bill. As we know at Ohio State, you know, we're chasing that, you know, 
one or two percent, right? We're, we're we're chasing that, you know, last couple drives of a game or whatever that is, and um, I felt like in that particular situation, um, for me to really be able to, um, you know, hand over, you know, a lot of the duties that that I was doing, you know, you really was looking for somebody who had um, great background in the NFL, um, you know, the SEC. He was a former head coach. He had been a head coach in, in the league. Um, and the experience um, of developing quarterbacks was there. So I just, and then the, and then the, the fit culturally uh, was the right fit. So much to like, as Coach Day just laid out, and as you alluded to right there off the top, we're just kind of in a holding pattern. Everybody's in, in wait and in team mode. You you teased Travion Henderson, and and that was a very interesting situation when we found out Quinton Junkins was going to leave Ole Miss to come to Ohio State because of Travion and how established he is as a running back, and also on the flip side of that as well, Quinton Junkins with what he's been able to do. Here's Coach Day talking about Travion and that experience with Quinton now in the mix. When it first um, you know happened and. and Quinshawn went to the portal. You know, the first, the first thing was, you know, talking to Travion, um, and you know, what are your thoughts? And you know, he was, he was unbelievable. You know, if you think it helps the team coach, then then let's do it. And then you know, talking to Quinshawn, saying, you know, Travion, you know, is here and he's coming back, and he said, well, I'd love to go play with him. I think he, you know, said that to the media last week. And so I just think that that both of their approaches are that they, you know, they can get each other better. But it all started with Travion, and I think Travion's leadership so far this year as he's transitioned into his fourth year has been tremendous. Um, the way that he's gone about his work, the way that he's holding guys accountable, he's got a different look in his eye, and I think that's important. You know, he's been in these games before, he knows, um, but I'll give Quinchon credit. You know, he, he also has embraced what we've been in our culture in the next, you know, last couple of weeks, and we'll see as it, as it grows, but... Um, all the reports are that he's doing a great job of simulating, but but the whole running back room, you know, and Dallin, um, you know, James and Sam, you know, that's that's a heck of a room, and there's a lot of depth there. And when I think about next season, you, know, you have the your 12 game regular season, you have you know the Big Ten championship game, and then you have the 12 team playoff. I mean, you're talking about possibly maybe 16, 17 games, and so that's a long run. That's an NFL you know schedule, and so you, your roster needs to reflect that. And you know, having depth at running back will be very, very important. There'll be there'll be a lot of carries to go around. My favorite part of that whole clip, Ar, was Coach Day letting us know that he approached Travion about it before he did it. And I think that, in the era of college football that we're in right now, I think can be a very important trait to have, not letting those guys make the decision. We talk about this a lot in the NFL when it comes to quarterback. Hey, you want this guy, you want that guy, you want us to draft that guy. They can never have the end-all be-all. Remember what Aaron Rodgers said about the whole Brian Gutekind's experience. Just maybe I could help change your mind or offer, offer up an opinion that's not in the room. And for Coach Day and Travion to be on the same page, that's big. But to throw that out to the media, I think maybe some players will say, oh, that's a pretty cool thing they got going on in Columbus that he is obviously going to be the end-all be-all when it comes to the decision-making. But he is going to approach you with, you know, hey, what do you feel about this? Just to make sure you aren't going to be too salty about it. And I thought that was really cool from Coach Day right there. And it shows that he has that room together. And this offseason showed us that I think his players really respect how he goes about his business. Yeah, listen, he wasn't looking to replace Travion Henderson. He was looking to add to it. Yep. And if both guys were in on it, that's great. I mean, you think about the three years that Travion has had 
you know, touching the ball in excess of 400 times with injuries as well. And then Quinchon, over two years, already has almost 550 carries. So Quinchon has almost 100 more carries, touches than Travion does in two years than Travion had in three. And so you combine these two together, it feels like they'll both be on the same page as far, in, far as wear and tear and success and going after a title. Um, it was interesting. You and I both thought it was. Both these, you know, alpha dogs, you know, that want to carry the ball usually don't like that competition. But um, maybe it just, it was, the timing was right for both of them. And I didn't think that Travion would risk a cotton bowl to just go pro or to, to audition a little more. So this worked out great. And, and hopefully it'll keep a lot of tread on the tires for both guys. Yeah, man, and it's a it's a program that we know has national championship aspirations year in and year out. And Coach Day just told us right there it's going to be a grind now with the expanded playoff and what you're going to have to do to get through that thing, to get to the finish line as the last team standing. It's going to take multiple bodies, and especially at that, at that position with how physically demanding it is. So it's absolutely going to be, I think, a dominant force, those guys doing their thing. you got the speed of Travion Henderson when he gets outside, and you got Quinshawn Juggins that could do a little bit of everything, man. That's absolutely going to be a problem for defenses. And as we're talking running backs, Tony Pollard just walks by. The my fan, my first pick in the fantasy draft. Sure got my first sure pick, got Manny. What yes, should I, what should I say to him? The, what what happened? Yeah, it cost me money. Big would that dog. be would that be a good thing to yeah, say? It cost me some money. No, I actually dog. was okay with that pick. It just it, I don't know. It was Dallas. I'm blaming Dallas, not him. <laughs> All right, when we come back, we got a jam packed final hour for you that will include Bobby Wagner and Brian Baldinger with Baldy's breakdown. As we give you all the insight to the Super Bowl, we'll track down more. And when does perhaps uh, a really nice guy in the league become a villain? When you're really damn good. We'll tell you about that when we come back. We are Rothman and Ice, and we are live from Radio Row in Las Vegas, sponsored by Low T Center. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care on the fan. If you miss a live show, you can catch the podcast. If you miss the podcast, our hosts have volunteered to have dinner with you. Ah, the meatloaf! The fan. Most shows just skim the surface, but Rothman and I feel like the biggest story of the day deserves a closer look. It's time for A Deeper Dive. All right, welcome back to Radio Row. We're live in Las Vegas, and it is picking up here on a Thursday. Wild scene. Uh, Matty just went to hang with Coach Prime. Listen, let me just paint the oh, picture. There he is, right here. Here's Coach Prime right here. He's got his whole video team. You know how Prime does it. Prime's going to do it big, man. He's got a whole army full of people um, right now. But I just went to the restroom just to paint a little picture of in the restroom what what Radio oh. Row can be like. I enter the bathroom. Ross Tucker, NFL guy, covers the league. Next to me in the other stall is Field Yates. And then as I'm leaving the bathroom, there's Chris Mad Dog Russo. So that's the experience you can get here. Within a matter of 30 seconds, you saw guys that you see on TV all the time. And uh, it's pretty cool, man. It's amazing. Jamar Chase was behind me when I was going to the bathroom. It's absolutely incredible the amount of athlete celebrities that are around you uh, with just a neck turn crazy sounds like you took a full pit stop and you guys were communicating through the stalls or what was there was on? no word spoken between okay. us media members in there those, you could have had a time you could have spun yeah, a topic didn't have time for it for any of that did not have time guys, for any let's of that. knock but, out a quick topic <laughs> but that's what you get when you come to come to radio row man you go to the bathroom real quick and you can run into three or four uh media stars or athletes pretty i incredible. think you buried the lead because didn't you say you were urinal to urinal with saquon barkley early today no i was getting water in the oh. media room where we uh, have our breakfast and all of that and i would turn to my right, and there's Saquon Barkley, hoodie on, sunglasses on, which kind of tells me what his night was like. I've seen that look before. I've seen that look before. Saw it on your co-host this morning. <laughs> um, yeah, now that's it, it is pretty insane, yep. the amount of people 
who are out here today working Radio Row. You had, you had a chance to get up close and personal with Patrick Mahomes oh, yesterday. Yeah. And I, there's nothing really not to like about this guy. He was booed very loudly on opening night when they were introduced, by the obviously, by the uh, San Francisco fans. And so, now, maybe it was skewed a little bit. I mean, would there be some Raider fans in the house? Obviously, they don't like the Chiefs. So, Well, I told you, I, I talked to George Karloftis, too, when we had that media availability, and he was uh, pretty surprised how many 49er fans were in the building. So I think it was a large majority of 49er fans booing Pat Mahomes, and rightfully so. He is turning into the villain. He is turning into the next Tom Brady, where you just get sick of this guy. He seems like a good dude. I think a lot of us would, wouldn't mind kicking it with Patrick Mahomes, but when he he keeps showing you the same thing over and over again in the form of dominance in Super Bowls. You want to see a different movie every once in a while. So he's turning into that guy. But if I uh, if I had to ask Patrick Mahomes, do you mind this? Do you mind it? And I think he'd say, you know what, Matty Ice, I'm good with the hey, keep giving me those Lombardis. Man, you should have asked him. You're right. I mean, you know, that that's... You and you and he could have a nice one-on-one situation. No time for a one-on-one. He wanted <laughs> he wanted nothing to do with me, man. The look on his face when he approached the podium was like, "I got to do media again." again. <laughs> yeah. So let me let's put this into you know perspective for Patrick Mahomes. He got 14 playoff wins or postseason wins. That's the most by any quarterback in history, age 28 or younger, Silly. all time. Silly. So he's 14 and three all time in the postseason. That's tough to bet against. Now. We talk about his the line in front of him. It's they've, he's got a fairly decent veteran line. By the way, a couple of big tenors on there with Nick Allegretti, who's going to fill in for Tooney, and Donovan Smith, who played at Penn State, and he's been there nine years. Um, Creed Humphrey, who's a third-year center for him. Uh, Trey Smith on his right side, the kid from Tennessee, three years, and then Juwan Taylor, obviously five years with Florida. So this is not the offensive line you and I were talking about when they were playing Tampa. This is a different beast. Joe Tooney, obviously a big guy to lose with that pec strain. I guess he was making progress, but they called him a long shot. But when you think about it, it's not an offense that's littered with stars. It's you know a two-year guy in Pacheco. McCole Hardman, we know from Georgia, obviously been around a handful of years. Rachie Rice, rookie at SMU. And obviously Kelsey is the big name. That's an 11-year vet because Noah Gray's only been around a few years. So it's really amazing when you think about the offense that I just pieced together for you about the Chiefs how they are back again. It's incredible and it's the the mind of Andy Reid combined with the two guys that you're talking about in Mahomes and Kelsey and as long as they have that trio of guys you know out there grinding on Sundays it's going to be hard to stop. I mean they haven't a lot of teams have not been able to stop them since they entered the league. You, You mentioned their offensive talent or the lack thereof this season that's why I think this will probably be you know Mahomes' most impressive Super Bowl that he's if he wins it will be his most impressive one because of that. Now, I've been trying to keep track of, in my mind, how great their defense has been this season. And to me, that's how they got to this point. But their offense has definitely turned a corner. You saw it in the Buffalo game. You saw it again in the Ravens game. And Kelsey and Rasheed Rice have been the guys that have emerged as his go-to guys. And that's all he needs. That is all he needs. If he can have that balance of Pacheco as a force coming out of the backfield, you got to respect that. 15 is going to put you in a tough spot. That's what happens when you win. You nailed it. This isn't about them being true villains. They weren't villains before he arrived. They were kind of a real likable team in my mind. A Midwest, mid-market team. 
that had success early on in their franchise, obviously way back with Len Dawson and Hank Stram, and then where have you been? It always seemed like they were losing out to the Denvers and the Raiders and all, like, the, those are the big teams. Yeah. And then you draft this kid, and everything changes. And so I understand. And maybe the Taylor Swift certainly has a, a little bit if that can be yeah. the tiebreaker for some people on their sick of the overexposure. But that ain't her fault. That's the league's fault. They're, they're, they're the ones that keep putting her on TV and advertising her. And look, from their side of things, from a business side of things, I get it. But she's not being, she's not asking to have all these camera shots up in the suite. She's out there rocking. She's just trying to have a good time with her future hubby. That's all she's doing. So you asked me before about, you know, Bet365. And actually one that I do like that I forgot to tell you about was the over-under on shots of Taylor Swift during the Super Bowl. Oh, okay. What's that number? Would you would you guys both care to guess um, what the over-under is? I think that... CB loves to put together the over-unders. Let me turn the tables on him. What would be the over-under on network shots uh-huh. of Taylor Swift during the Super Bowl? I am going to go 10.5. I don't know why that number's in my head. I'm going 10.5. Oh, wow. I, I was going to go more in the area of like 5.5. All right. So CB nailed it right on. It's 5.5. Is the over under? He did cheat because we're sitting right here next to him. Well, you I don't know, know how. I mean, unless he saw it earlier, or saw it on you know something on ESPN or something. We'll never know. But he did nail it. It feels like I'm taking that's, the over. I feel like it's an over. I'm taking the over on that because if he, let's say he stumbles, I'm talking Trav stumbles into eight catches. At least five of those they're going to cut to her. Are they on every catch? I would think they'd only cut to her if it was a, a well, big that's catch. What or I said, a that's what I said. A handful of the eight. Not every single one, but a handful of those I think they're going to cut to her. Because, you know, Mama Kelsey's going to be next to her. Jason's probably going to be up there. I saw Jason Kelsey just a few moments ago right around he was the corner. You U- saw him last U- night. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going over for that number for sure all day long. Something feels weird about it. It almost seems too good to be true that you would only show her five or less. That, that seems off to me. The other one that I love that I forgot to tell you about was that one. And then... The scorigami. Do you guys know what the scorigami bet is? A twenty to one. No. All right. So that's where you put money on scorigami, which means that if a score happens in the Super Bowl that's never ha- we've had before, like you can't have a repeat of any of the fifty-seven previous Super Bowls. So if we get a weird score that's never been that's never happened, you could get that at twenty to one. What's the favorite in that on the board right now as far as the score? What are people betting? Are people are there options to bet? No, no, is that I'm, what you're I'm, saying? No, you're no, no saying I'm just telling you, you, you're making a twenty to one bet that the score of the Super Bowl on Sunday will be something we've never seen before in the previous fifty seven. Okay. Might be worth twenty to yeah, one. Not, absolutely. Yeah. Give By the way, the orange Gatorade's the favorite right now. The orange Gatorade. Last year somebody it, knows something. Well last year it was purple when the Chiefs won. This so year that should tell you something. Okay. And by the way, did you hear somebody ask Shanahan like what flavor Gatorade he likes? I'm sure he's he like, loved that um, I, I like orange. Does that like he did? He didn't process yeah, that someone was trying to find from, out. Like from a head coach's perspective, he's probably like, "Why the heck are you asking me about Gatorade? Your players I'm here seem trying to, to take down know. Pat Mahomes. Come on, what are we doing?" Well, I kind of like that inside info. If, if San Francisco wins and you know your coach likes orange, why wouldn't you get him his favorite flavor? Not a bad Dump it all over, him. <laughs> right? I mean, the coaches hate that too. By the way. Like, that has to be the worst thing ever. Because even if it's not cold, it's the sticky element at the end because you can't immediately shower. you got to do all this media. 
and all of that stuff. So you're just stuck in those clothes, I guess, for a long amount of time. That would be a no-no if I was a head coach. Do not, I don't care under any circumstance, pour Gatorade on me or I'm cutting your ass. It's not your, well, you wouldn't know because you have eyes behind your head, you know, who's Well, doing I demand it. it before the how, game. How, how about, about that? How about this? So you can also bet on clear, which means Ooh. it could also be water or the clear Gatorade. You could get that at seven to one, so you're getting odds with with clear Gatorade or water. So it puts water in play. Sounds better to me. That sounds better to me. I mean, I listen. I'm doing the deep dive on these these great bets that you guys are wondering about. So clear at seven to one, and Scorigami at twenty to one, and we're in. Feels good. Feels pretty good. Somebody tried to sw- talk me into on Twitter. Just start. Just stop there. You're in Vegas. Somebody tried to talk me into dot, 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 somebody, and let everybody fill in the blank. Somebody tried to talk me into a Isaiah Pacheco Super Bowl MVP if he scores multiple touchdowns and gets to 100 yards. I would love to know his odds to win Super Bowl MVP because it's not a bad idea just based on the amount of touchdowns that he has scored this season. It, it's not my favorite, but I have to imagine the odds have to be pretty decent. They on are. They're very decent. Yeah. You ask a question, Maddie, the, you know I have the answer to. That is 33-1 to 1 on an Isaiah Pacheco yes. as an MVP. Now, to try to win it and not be a quarterback is tough. It is. got to have the multiple touchdowns, which we've talked about as a skill player, and you got to make sure the quarterback doesn't throw for 350 and two more scores, or he's probably going to get it anyway, especially if it's a couple of one-yard plunges for Pacheco. Yeah. He's not going to get the, the MVP off that. But he's so explosive, and we've seen this dude, man, absolutely leave defenders time and time again that it would not shock me as if he has a monster game. That's just a, a heck of a draft pick by Cincinnati, Cincinnati, by Kansas City to find him that late in the draft. Uh, we got a nice deal coming up very soon. Uh, we'll kind of go back-to-back here at Radio Row. with. We'll start with Bobby Wagner next, who is going to be the, well, he could be the man of the year. He's definitely a candidate for it, and we'll visit with him when we come back. Rothman and Ice is live from Radio Row in Vegas, sponsored by Low T Center. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care right here on The Fan. The Big Nine was a sad, incomplete place. Enter Ohio State. The rest is history. The Buckeye Show. Weeknights at 6. The Fan. Rothman and Ice present... Sponsored by the Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. All right, we are back on Radio Row in Vegas. And when you get a nine-time All-Pro linebacker and an eight-time Pro Bowler and a Super Bowl champ sitting down, uh, that deserves and demands our respect. And so, Bobby Wagner of the Hawks, good to see you, my man. Great to see you, too. Uh, very proud moment, I think, for you. A lot of guys coming around and they're talking about different causes. Um, you know, you being a, a nominee for the Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year presented by Nationwide is yeah. is is monstrous because of your Fast 54 stroke awareness, the campaign yeah. in memory of your mother, yeah. and all the work you do off the field. Talk about that pride that you have in that. Um, I think it's just amazing. Uh, I think this one hits a little different because I was I was nominated um, in 2019, I believe, and um, I was just doing the work. I wasn't really trying to like win the award or anything like that. And I feel like it's the same thing, but um, to be nominated, and I believe it's because of the the um, comic book that um, you know I did just to you know spread awareness about stroke and and do something and honor my mom uh, to. To have that be the reason, I think that's the, the biggest blessing. 
and the kids recognize <laughs> it, right? Because it's about spotting awareness. Yeah. Even even in getting that in in a in a young person's mind, yeah. those signs. Yeah, because I think uh, what we were trying to do was we were trying to find something that related to everybody, not just um, you know older older generations, but to the younger generation. And so, you know, everybody has a superhero, and everybody had a point in their life where they, you know, have a superhero. Um, that superhero probably changed as you got older. Um, but um, I think at some point, you know, you, you looked at magazines and, and articles and comic books and you you looked up to, you know, certain superheroes. And I think that was the biggest thing. We were just trying to find a way to connect. And, you know, we went to visit some schools and, you know, they they connected with it. And so that was the biggest thing. And so, you know, what we were trying to get accomplished, I think, happened. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. I want to hit you up about Pete Carroll. No longer going to be roaming the sidelines for the Seahawks. <laughs> no more gum. Two more uh, two-part question. What is it like playing for Pete Carroll? And also, do you think he's done coaching? Uh, it's amazing. Uh, I, th- I think, um, you know, especially coming in early on uh, when, I, when I was a rookie, uh, we heard so much talk about uh, what the league was supposed to be, like how serious and you can't do no fun and all these different things. And then, you know, our first team meeting, we're shooting basketballs, you know what I mean? And he's running around and, and playing with us, and, and it wasn't our experience. It was like the perfect person for our group, who was a young group just coming in from college. Um, so it was a blessing, a blessing to play for him. He's amazing to play for, a player's coach, uh, you know, believes in the players, wants you to be yourself. Um, so I think it's amazing. What has he done? You know, I think he's in control of that. You know, he's he was one of the oldest coaches in the league. Uh, but he didn't obviously did not look that way whatsoever. So, you know, I felt if you know things had worked out, he could have kept going for a long time. And so, you know, I think he probably just waiting for the right opportunity to kind of work his way back into the um, situation. I think anybody would love to have a coach like that. We're talking with the seven-time captain of Seattle Seahawks, Bobby Wagner. The linebacker is up for the Walter Payton Man of the Year tonight. Uh, we wish him a lot of luck in that way. Uh, you played the Niners twice this year. They got you both, I believe. They and, did. And I think CMC had big games in both, I believe, or decent That's the games. the second one for yeah. sure. The, the first one, it was a decent game, I think. So what's the challenge for the Chiefs here? How big of a, how, how big of a deal is it facing that guy, that offense? You've done it twice. Um, I think what's tough playing that team is regardless of if you have them, um, you know, when you have a running back like that, that can explode at any given moment, you have to stay, you know, you have to stay focused. You have to stay locked in. And let's say you stop that guy. Yeah. There's also another guy that if he gets the rock that, you know, Debo Samuels that um, can explode and change the trajectory, you know, of that, that team. So let's say you stop that guy. There's also another guy, you know, George Kittle, that can erupt. And so, Trying to keep those guys all bottled in is, is very difficult for four quarters, and um, that's the task that they have to do. And so you want to either let one of those guys have a big game and nobody else, okay. or you know try to minimize each one. And a, and a lot of times it's hard to do that. You were around Jackson Smith and Jigba this year, man. We, we covered them a lot. We were based in Columbus, and, uh, and we keep track of all the Buckeyes. What do you see from him in the near future? How high of a ceiling do you think he has in this league? I think he's going to be amazing. I think, uh, you know, he barely scratched the surface, um, you know, his, his rookie year, but he did an amazing job. Whenever he got the ball, it was, it was very special. Um, the catches that he was making towards the end of the season, um, you know, put us – in such amazing positions and so that's as a rookie 
and you know hopefully he goes into this offseason and, and use that experience that he got last year to elevate his game and I think he could be one of the best uh, proud moment for Nationwide, obviously being involved in this. The 10th year as the presenting sponsor. They've donated more than a couple million to the community, philanthropic causes represented by the nominees like Bobby Wagner. You know, I asked you about CMC. You know, if I go back in my mind watching you play, I feel like you've defended Kelsey pretty well in the past. Yeah. I, I believe. So talk to me about that, what the challenge is for him. The, the, the hard part for him is um, when you watch film, um, there's – certain routes of how he's supposed to run and you have those plays but then there's plays where he kind of gets creative and he'll find the hole because he understands uh, the coverage and those are the plays that you got to stop because those plays ignite that offense those plays um you know change the trajectory of games um even you watch interviews you say you know you listen to Mahomes, you know on that key uh I think it was third down or fourth down. He made that miraculous catch. He said, yeah, he wasn't even supposed to be there. I just gave him an opportunity. And so those are the plays that you got to stop because that gives him juice. That gives that offense juice, and that offense don't need juice. Talk about the challenge now of, you know, having a game plan for all these different quarterbacks, the styles of quarterback in the league, man. It seems like we're trending to more of the mobile quarterbacks running around that can do it with their arms as well. But you see these guys every week, that challenge now for you, what is that like as a linebacker? It's tough because, um, you know, not only are they, you know, uh, being more mobile and and passing really crazy, but they're the people, you know, if, if the GMs and the teams do it right, the people that they're surrounded with, are amazing as well and so you know you have to understand who you're dealing with um you know how are they using their mobility do they really want to use their mobility or is it just something that um all right the pocket is collapsing i need to get out of here um you know brock purdy is obviously a lot different than lamar jackson so you're not gonna um look at them the same as far as like their running ability but if you don't pay attention to brock's running ability he will do what he did the last game and and change the trajectory. I feel he changed the trajectory of that game using his legs. And so you have to be, you can't ignore it. And so I think um, it just keeps you in your P's and Q's. You know, you have to make sure that um, you take one away and, um, you know, understand in key moments he will use his legs, but it's not something he's going into the game to do. And so that's more like D-line, making sure, you know, your lanes are right. Um, and then I think linebackers, if it does happen, you know, tracking right, making sure he get down. He won a Super Bowl in Seattle, and he had a brief time with the Rams, so I'm going to bring up something. Uh, you belted a fan when he ran on the field, right, with the Rams? Uh, where does that rank for you there, Bob? Was that you? Did you belt somebody? Did a fan go on the field or somebody, or do I have that wrong? I thought it was yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think it was you and another, another player, and somebody ran on the field. Yeah, a, player, uh, a fan ran on the field. And you got a good lick on him. And so this is what this is what happened. Okay. This is my perspective. Because it happens, it happens all the time. Right. And I don't typically do anything. Mm-hmm. But I was watching. It was 49ers game too, by the way. I was watching this fan run across the the field, and you you typically let security handle it. Right. But I watched security get hurt trying to try to catch this guy. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, all right, well, clearly yeah. he needs some help. <laughs> and I was frustrated by how the game was going. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I uh, helped security out. Let's get put it Get a little lick in. I, I remember it, Maddie, and I'm telling oh, you, man. 
It was cross-haired up. Um, I don't recommend that for any fan, but if it was a fantasy, if it was some sort of wish for a, a, a fan to, to get hit by Bobby Wagner, that fan got fulfilled. It was funny, though, because, um, you know, I don't know nothing. I'm just, like I said, I'm just helping security out. And, uh and, uh, he they, got near your sideline, though. Yeah, he was very the, close. Yeah, and he had some spray thing. I didn't know what it was, and um, some kind of mist. But or I didn't something know did. that he, what his cause that he was trying to get for. I guess it has something to do with animals. And so then, every I, for about I a know. week, I was getting an animal request that I don't like animals, and you know, I was just like, "Yo, I had you didn't know I had two seconds to figure out what right. this guy. Right. I was not reading his shirt. I'm a huge animal advocate, and so I, I love you, animals. Yeah, um, every animal." <laughs> I love dogs. Dogs are my favorite. There and, you go. Uh, That's good stuff. And I love man. animals again for the guys <laughs> that's he, out there. He is Bobby Wagner, uh, one of the best, certainly, at his position and around. Uh, we hit him on a lot of stuff, but more importantly, we want to wish you a lot of luck in Walter Payton, NFL manager. Regardless, being nominated Thank for you. that says everything about you Thank and you. what you want to accomplish uh, in this world. Thanks, Bob. Thank good you. luck to you. God willing. Uh, that's Bobby Wagner, Seattle Seahawks, brought to you by Nationwide and Outstanding for man of the year. We'll come back. We'll uh, visit with a 13-year NFL vet in the trenches. That would be Brian Baldinger. We are live on Radio Row in Vegas, sponsored by Low T Center. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care on the fan. Tweet from a listener. Are you carrying the Buckeye game today? Considering we've never not carried one, yes. The answer is yes. The fan. What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas, especially when it involves a lot of naked women and crab legs. You're listening to Rothman and Ice, live from Radio Row at the Super Bowl. Sponsored by the Low T Center. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Yeah, there are a lot of odd combinations here in Vegas. Uh, That certainly is one of them. Uh, This guy's been around a lot. We're just so proud to have him on the show again. Uh, uh, Baker's dozen in the NFL, a vet. In the trenches uh, in the 80s and 90s. I think he was the MVP lineman uh, with the Colts. He's our yeah. friend Brian Baldinger. Baldy, good to see you. Good to be with you guys. I mean, you're, you're, you're talking about this is my old teammate right here. Oh, talked to him yesterday. Oh, we, we talked had, to Jonesy so yesterday. We had Jonesy on yesterday. I don't know if you know this. Did you know that he almost had an acting career in Hollywood that involved a non-speaking role? Use your head on that. <laughs> <laughs> they just wanted him for his, like, pretty face? Uh, yeah. and He was the, just a prop? And, well, I don't know. Beach, uh, Brian, did they? What kind of movie was that? Well, it's bad because he said they needed a stunt man, so we're not sure. I'm sorry. Uh, right. You're the man. <laughs> and you're going to reverb on that T-shirt for me, aren't you? Uh, I'll take a large if you're looking. Um, all right. So, Baldy, yes. if I remember back in the day, huh? so you probably had... Danny White with the Cowboys. Am I, I had right? Danny, Danny was you our, probably uh, had Jeff George with the Colts. I had Jeff. That's okay. true. Um, Before we traded him away to the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, Danny White was one of those guys with the Cowboys. Obviously, following Staubach, yes. not easy to do. No, but man, he did it pretty well. Um, when you look back on your days in the NFL, um, where did you uh, get the most appreciation out of your career with the Colts? Dallas. I, I, I'll be honest with you. I, I played in Dallas, yep. Indianapolis, Philadelphia. I sing "God Bless America" every day. I loved all three places. Got a chance to play uh, in all the places. I was an undrafted free agent. Um, Twelve years, it was, it was a lot of fun. I liked all three places. Mm-hmm. I can't really say one was, you know, Dallas will always be close to my heart because they gave me my first chance. But, I mean, all of them were valuable. 
Were you surprised that Jerry Jones didn't take a swing at Belichick? And I'm not saying McCarthy had bad seasons, but their bar is different than most. Yes. And to flame out early in the playoffs again and Belichick being available, what was your mindset on that? Mm, I thought that um, there might be a change. There might be a change. Now, I mean, whether Bill was interested in the job, I don't know, like all the stuff that went down, but I would have made the phone call Mm -hmm. to Coach Belichick and, and just see what his interest is. I would have at least had a conversation with him for sure. Baldy, a lot of people have loved your breakdowns, man. I know that really has dominated social media coming yeah, out of thank you. the weekends, man. That's really good stuff from you. Looking at these two teams, mm-hmm. Niners, Kansas City, hit us with a matchup that you think is going to be very important. In well, this I one. think, um, you know, obviously Mahomes is, is, you know, he's the rock star in this whole thing, and rightfully so. And so how do you affect him? And, you know, the 49ers of free agency last year, they went after Javon Hargrave. He was the highest ticket free agent, like in the first five minutes of free agency. And I, I know what Javon Hargrave can do. I've seen it in Pittsburgh and Philly. I haven't seen much of it in San Francisco. He's going up against a backup guard in Nick Allegretti this week. Mm-hmm. Um, no, no knock on Nick. He played very well against Baltimore. But I expect Hargrave to have, you know, like he's got to impact this game. He's, he's got to push that pocket on Mahomes and get him moving and thinking about what's coming at him. He's Brian Baldinger with us. Let's talk about um, whether KC, you feel, can man up against those San Fran weapons because and be successful, right? Mm-hmm. Because I don't know if they're going to soft zone it, you know, and that's been successful for them. Will they Will they be able to man up? They did it against Baltimore yeah. and it won, won the game. I mean, Baltimore went, went, went away from the run. They, they stacked the box with big linebackers and discouraged Baltimore from running, and they got Lamar to throw it down the field. And, you know, I mean, you, you look at... Jalen Watson or Trent McDuffie or Legereus Sneed. I mean, these guys, Joshua Williams, I mean, all of them played well in one-on-one coverage. And I don't, you know, I, mean, I think Spags is going to try to rob the middle of the field against the Niners. That's where they want to attack. So how he does that, because his game plan is game-specific, it'll be interesting to see. We're going to know a lot about what they, they think they want to do in the first quarter for sure. Baldy, as you know, it's going to be a very interesting couple months for the Chicago Bears. You know, mm-hmm. our guy Justin Fields out of Ohio State, it seems like it's up in the air which way yep. that's going to go. You looking at his tape, you looking at his games, what have you seen from him as a quarterback and what do you think Chicago should do? I love Justin Fields. Yeah. I do. I've seen the improvement. He's a rare talent. I think he's only getting better uh, as the team around him has gotten better. But I, I, I've seen real improvements throughout his game. I I understand both sides of the argument. Mm-hmm. I understand, like, you spent four years with Justin here developing him. Now do you give him that second contract, whatever. And then I understand the, the finances and the economics of going after Caleb Williams. And people would tell me that Caleb Williams is generational. I know Caleb pretty well. I think Justin Fields is too. And so, and he's far in advance. He's only 24 years old. Like, I can see Chicago going either way. Like, if you can mortgage... With Washington for Caleb Williams and get the boatload that you're going to get to go from two to one, I mean, you could do an awful lot of building, yeah. you know, around Justin Fields if you if you mortgage that pick. Yeah, everybody's so interested in, you know, the resetting that quarterback contract and, and yep. getting a guy in a rook. So I, I'm with you. I've seen it. Bo- I see it both ways. Um, tough decision. It depends how much they can kind of build up the uh, the bidding war for him, right, and get maybe more than just Atlanta involved or something. Well, I think there's going to be, I mean, it's it's early, but I could see far more than just one team involved. I mean, we've seen major trades throughout, you know, the last decade. I mean, the Eagles went up from 13 to 2 to get Carson Wentz. You know, Jared Goff was, you know, was 
they came a long ways. The, the Chiefs came from 24 to 10 to get Mahomes. I mean, we've seen movement after a quarterback that 18 can feel like is the difference, you know, in building their, their resume and their future. Why do you think C.J. Stroud was able to hit the ground running so smoothly this year? I mean, Baldy, as you know, it's, it's hard. This league's very hard, especially yeah. on rookie quarterbacks. But he seemed like a, a vet. Why do you think it was so smooth for him? I don't know. I can't answer that question because it was extremely smooth. And he had very few struggles. And most of people have struggles. So, to me, when I watched him and studied him, he had speed of decision-making. How he got to his decisions with his footwork, his eyes, progressions, which tells me Bobby Slowick must be a pretty good coach. And then, look, Nico Collins had been there for two years, hadn't done a whole lot, became like a bona fide number one. Dalton Schultz coming in as a free agent. Tank Dell, you know, was a steal. I mean, all these things kind of fell into place. But to me, the quarterback makes all that happen. So uh, I don't, like, I, I really want to spend some time and go back and just study just how easy this was. I watched him week to week. Like I feel like it should be a week-long study on him. Because I think yeah. I think teams can learn a lot by watching and studying CJ this year as they get ready for Drake May and Caleb and, and Jaden and, and the group that is coming out this year. He is Brian Baldinger. He's been with us, uh, well, a lot of times on Radio Row, 13 years in the pros. Do you trust that Purdy... At this point now, mm-hmm. is the trust factor over? Like, you don't think he'll succumb to nerves on Sunday? I mean, I know it's hard to predict, but has he shown you enough to say, you know what, I'm going to get something from this guy on Sunday? Yeah, yeah. I, I don't think, like, the one thing we've seen, even when he throws interception against Cleveland, or I mean, outside of the Baltimore game, is the outlier in his whole career. Like, his ability just to flush a bad play or a bad read and move on has been pretty rare. Yeah. I, I would be surprised if he just... Uh, you know, has a poor performance in this game. You liking this marriage of Jim Harbaugh with Justin Herbert? Yeah, I do. I do because, um, you know, first of all, Harbaugh's had good success with quarterbacks. He's a quarterback himself. I think he knows how to read them, talk to them, coach them um, at every level. I, I think this is exactly – and, they look, they, they need to run the ball better. They've been horrible the last three years. So there's going to be an emphasis on how to run the ball. There'll be new tight ends coming in there to block the edges. There'll probably be a fullback. You know, I mean, it's going to change the, the the way that they build their team. There'll be a two-back team. All those things are going to benefit Justin. All right, give me your best Tom Landry, North Dallas 40 story here. That had to be, it's folklorish to me because of Tom Landry, but you were there in the heyday of Landry. What was it like to be a cowboy and Randy White? I mean, I, I just... The icons that you were involved with. Yeah. I remember of the opening Monday night game of 1983. We had lost to the, back then, the Washington Redskins. We lost to them in the NFC Championship game. The schedule makers had us play in Washington, opening Monday night game of the year. And it was not a pretty start. We were down 23-3 at the half. RFK was rocking. It was ugly. And I remember just Landry coming in at halftime saying, this is what we're going to do. We haven't even gone after Vernon Dean yet. We're going after Vernon Dean. We've got to stay on the field. We're going to turn this thing around. And we scored in the first four drives of the second half. And the fans were leaving RFK halfway through the fourth quarter. Just the, uh, the ability to say, we're, we're okay, we've got this. Was he wearing the fedora when he gave that speech at I halftime? I think so. Okay. I'm pretty sure most right. games he had that on. Even at halftime. 
I don't never think that. Off. Yeah, I don't think he took that off for that. For that, it's like Burt Reynolds, he can only take it off for one thing and one thing only. <laughs> okay. Um, low T Center. Yes. They've been a big part of what we want to do and help men yep. go get their numbers, get the power of the numbers if they're curious. Right. Listen, I mean, I'm not the same man. I mean, I know I look like I am, but I'm not the same man I was ten years ago. Many of us aren't. You guys are young, but um, yes, we could go get a blood test, simple blood test, uh, and you could get your testosterone score. Get your T-score, and you can see where you're at. If you're deficient, there's ways to uh, get that score back up and regain your energy, vitality, uh, brain function. Everything improves when that score improves. LowTCenter.com. Who, who are you picking Sunday? I'm taking Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, Steve Spagnola, yeah. and the Chiefs. Tough to argue with that, Baldy. Have yeah. a great week. Thank Always you. good to see you. That's Pleasure, Brian Baldinger, yep. uh, 13-year vet in the trenches in the NFL. Great insight and stories with us here. We'll come back and wrap it up from Radio Row in Vegas. Sponsored by Low T Center. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care on the fan. If the sound of another man slammed against plexiglass turns you on, you've come to the right place. Proud to be your home for Jackets Hockey. The Fan, Ohio sports destiny. Spin your passion into a business with Shopify and break sales records with the world's best converting checkout. Let's hear that one more time. The world's best converting checkout. Shopify's legendary checkout makes it easier for customers to shop on your website, across social media, and everywhere in between. Now that's music to your ears. Any way you spin it, you can be a smash hit with Shopify. Start your dollar a month trial today at shopify.com slash records. You're listening to Rothman and Ice, live from Radio Row at the Super Bowl. Sponsored by the Low T Center. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Rothman thought he was rescuing an abandoned cat on the strip, but it was only Wayne Newton's face. Here's Anthony Rothman and Matty Ice. Hmm. How do I rescue Wayne Newton's face? That's an interesting approach. I don't know how I can rescue that. But. We may have to rescue CB right now because he's so tempted to go talk to his boy, Miles Garrett. I don't know if he's going to make it through. I'm not going to be. I'm not going to lie to you. It's. Uh, I'm definitely excited right now. That got you going. That that's got right. you going. And that, that. I don't think the word is, you're in Vegas. The word is aroused. I think that's what you should have said. It's probably, it's probably, it's probably, probably right. the proper term there. But, yeah, Miles Garrett, a physically imposing human being. Uh, when you get up yeah. close and personal, you see why that man probably will be up on the stage tonight hoisting up that Defensive Player of the Year trophy. Matty, first trip to Radio Row. Yeah. Is it everything you thought it would be? It's beyond what I thought it would be. I'm being completely honest. Like I, I'm so glad that I finally made it out here to one, and it's just it's a who's who. It's absolutely ridiculous the amount of celebrities and athletes that you will see around any given corner. So yes, I am thoroughly enjoying myself, and uh, I'm sad that tomorrow <coughs> will be our last show because I could stay here for at least three more. Matty, don't be sad. It was over. Be happy it happened. There, look at that. Look at you. Look uh-huh. at you. And that's hung over. All right, let's uh, go in to tell the truth, CB. Yes, yeah, so our first question. It's all center, centered around our time out here in Vegas. But real quick, uh, I don't think you're going to be selecting the media workroom breakfast for your best meal so far. But what Jeez. is it? That's been a massive disappointment. I got to be honest. Why? I mean, it's because everything you want. It's fruit. I don't, it's healthy. You know me. I don't want all the carbs. All it is is muffins and croissants. But and it's all that fruit and, and berries that. and juices. That's that nothing. You love. I'm dying. I need some energy. I haven't eaten anything um, since I'm last night. I'm be, dying over here. Can your boy? Get some turkey, bacon, and some eggs, and some sauce. Anything. It's in like, the restaurant. On. you got to pay for it. Uh, you know, that's the other thing. I don't want to pay for it. If it's, you um, know what I'm saying? If it's free, it's me, baby. If it's free, it's me. My favorite meal, though, that I've had 
outside the wall burger I had last night, which is really good because I got extra bacon on that thing. I am going to go with the spicy meatball and Caesar salad go. I had at the media party. I doubled down on the meatballs, and that Caesar salad was a uh, chef's kiss. It's, Very it's, good. It's amazing because Maddie has touted this, quote, Caesar salad. For two days. It was incredible. And it's amazing. That tells you everything you need to know. Like, of all the things that's really hit home for him, it's this Caesar <laughs> salad, uh, which is amazing. I've never heard someone go on and on about a salad, but you've done it, it and you've some, done it well. I don't know if it was like some bacon bits, breadcrumbs. It was something outside of the normal Baco, Caesar Baco bits? <laughs> it was outside of the normal Caesar salad that stuck in my brain, man. No, they did their thing. Yeah. That media party was great, and the food was really good, too. Yeah. Uh, my best meal was drinking in U2 last night. That was... That was phenomenal at the Sphere. I'm still kind of floating. I couldn't stop smiling. I was at the concert, and I looked at my friend. I can't stop smiling. What time did you amazing. get home last uh, night? What time did your head hit I the think pillow they, last I night? I think they came on at 8.40 and probably played for a good two and a half. Okay. So I probably got back around midnight. Okay, not bad. Not bad. I was going to go up to Skyfall, but that's over at the uh, Delano next door. things about that. Yeah, some good about the so CB, maybe you guys would be up there. Your best meal, I don't think we. Well, I, I think it's got to be the uh, yeah, it's it's the secret menu at In and Out with the three by three, the three meat, three uh, cheese. How do you get to the secret menu? How does that happen? So it's actually on their website. You can look it up. They have some of the favorite, uh, like fan favorite ones. But it's uh, a back door he takes into the place. It's it's a speakeasy. No, no we, a speakeasy. We, by the way, sorry. There's a speakeasy up top. By the Mandalay Bay shops. If you guys want to go later when I get back from the WWE, that's a good event, idea. We can go in there and have a good time. It's actually really funny. We just were getting distracted. It looked like it was Najee Harris kind of chirping at Miles Garrett over here. It was, that it, was, it, was, it was pretty AFC funny. North, little AFC North rivalry going on. That's right. Uh, but in, let's build off of that. Our next question: Sightseeing is very big around here, but especially by the sets we're around with Sports Illustrated right next to us. Who's the most famous person so far you've seen at Radio Row? Oh, man. As far as probably status goes and what they've done in their careers, I mean, I've seen Dan Marino and Joe Montana. But Dan Marino was with us. Well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Like, though, between those two guys, I would probably have to give them the crown, but I could easily pick so many other people. Shannon Sharp, Stephen A. Smith, I mean, Jamar Chase. I mean, you name it, we've probably seen them. So I'll probably go with the OGs. I'll give it to Joe Montana. It damn That's very nice of you. I appreciate that. Um, I may go. I'll give you a gift back to you. Oh, I think the most famous person, fame-wise, that I've seen so far was right next to us not long ago, and that was Coach Prime. I feel like yeah. that, from a fame standpoint, yeah. um, he's current and past. All right, my last question for you. We're almost to the end of our time here in Vegas, but what have you not done yet in Vegas that you still need to do before we leave? Told you guys about that massage a couple days ago. That that that's up in the air at this point because what I have to do is what's going down in a couple hours over at T-Mobile Arena. You guys aren't wrestling fans, but for my wrestling fans that are listening, you know how big of a deal this press conference is. The Rock said yesterday when he got off the private plane that this could be the most historic press conference in WWE history. So I cannot wait to get over there in a couple hours because I am going to witness history with the stars of stars. And AR's laughing because he ain't no. a wrestling fan. So he don't know how impactful this is. But this is a huge deal for me. No, no, I, I'm happy for you. I, was, I wasn't really laughing. I was well, more what did of, I hear then? <laughs> when you said you wanted to witness history. That's that what was, I'm witnessing. Okay. That's, that's, I'm happy for you. <laughs> and he scoffed at it, CB. That he scoffed at it. Scoff? No. That was kind how of would a, you describe it? Just a kind of a jovial chuckle. Oh, okay. Like, that's cool. I'm glad you find that outstanding. <laughs> that would be a good time, man. 
Is that it, CB? He's done. Well, you, have any, oh, you did your bucket list. You went to U2 at the Sphere. We didn't even ask. You even oh, answer. no, no. I'd like to get to the Mob Museum. Okay. I want to do that firearm training simulator. No, I'm serious. I want to immerse myself in the split-second decisions of a law enforcement officer that I'm destined to be, Maddie. And then I'm going to go through the crime lab and do the distillery tour and tasting. You can find me at the Mob Museum. Sounds like a good time. You guys can find us here tomorrow at Radio Row. Before we leave, if you missed Ed McCaffrey, if you missed Bobby Wagner, if you missed Brian Baldinger, the list goes on and on wherever you get your Sean podcast. Alexander. Sean Alexander, thank you. Wherever you get your podcast, type in Rothman and Ice, and all of that will be available for you. Common Man and T-Bone will take over the fun, and we will talk to you again tomorrow for Friday on the Row in Vegas, sponsored by Low T Center. Low T Center is reinventing men's health care. It's Rothman and Ice on the fan. We know everything about you. We know you love the Buckeyes. We know you love the jackets. We know you're wearing a red shirt. I just freaked the hell out of someone. The fan. It's a fan action update. This action update is brought to you by ESPN. Bet gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Have you seen what the Cleveland Cavaliers are doing lately? Oh, my. 15 wins in 16 games. They win but didn't cover the 12-point spread last night over Washington. ESPN Bet now has the Cavs 30-1 to to win the NBA championship. Those are still 10th best odds. 10-1 to to win the East and a minus 160 favorite to win the Central Division. On fire for your ESPN Bet action update. I'm Scotty Vegas. Broadcasting from the Lindsay Honda Studios. Honda makes the cars. Lindsay makes the difference. Visit lindsayhonda.com. WBNSFM, HD1 Columbus. The Fan. Good afternoon. I'm Paul Kiel's College Hoops, fifth-ranked Ohio State women's basketball team, 19-3 on the year, 10-1 in the Big Ten, playing in Minnesota tonight, 9 p.m. tip-off on 1460 ESPN. University of Michigan Athletic Director Ward Manuel today named chair of the College Football Playoff Committee, which coincides with the start of the 12-team playoff next season. Golf opening round of the PGA's Phoenix Open currently suspended because of bad weather right now. Sahith Thigala atop the leaderboard. He's at 500, one stroke ahead of the rest of the field. Baseball, outfielder Adolis Garcia has reached agreement on a two-year $14 million contract to return to the world champion Texas Rangers and avoid salary arbitration. He was the only player of the Rangers that was eligible for arbitration. This update brought to you by NatureStone. Schedule your free cost estimate today at NatureStone.com. It's not just a floor. Wow, it's NatureStone. Breaking sports news when it happens on the fan. Ohio sports destination.